Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It is Friday, August 16th, 2019, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 256. I'm your host, Austin Walker. Joining me here in the studio, Danielle is here. 256 bits, baby. 256 Next generation bits. consoles. Oh. We Waypoint does what... <laughs> Uh, what? <laughs> Who don't? Who don't? Who's the don't here? Who's the don't? The people I want to start beef with, I would never validate by starting beef with them. <laughs> exactly. And I know everyone else is just out here fucking hustling. Even when like they're running sure. stories, I'm like, eh, you're hustling. I know. It's the truth. Twitter don't. I don't know. Twitter. Just yeah, Twitter. certainly what Twitter <laughs> That's don't. That's what we can do. Certainly what Twitter don't. Also joining me in Brooklyn, Kato is here. Yo. Hi, Kato. Hi. How you feeling? All right. <laughs> also, you know, vac- uh huh. Yeah, what? What? Vacations are good and bad. Yeah, because they set a certain state. Like uh-huh. you can imagine what that other world could be. Like if we could reshape the world into one of ultimate leisure, <laughs> which we could, it we would could. be like that. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Hmm. Patrick Klepik <laughs> calling in from Chicago. Hi, Patrick. How many words is too many words to consider the hitbox and Mario Maker? Mm. I would. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Mm. On a go, scale of uh-huh. one to poise, where oh, you could go to poise. You could go to poise. Because like, well, like, I don't think it would require going. I don't think it would require going to poise. Are I think there, poise was a specific yeah. threshold of bullshit that I is enjoy. Is this a reported was, feature, a or is this just in, like an what editorial? About one to depends. Beast? It depends. Because if it, you do reported feature, might be, I'll clear 2,000 words. <laughs> <laughs> if you get quote. If you it get just quote. Depends. Yeah. It might be as simple as you gotta hit up, Hitbox uh, done changed. Press, Nintendo, guy. please change back. Right, yeah. Go hit up <laughs> hit up the half press guy. Go hit up uh, Super... What's the soup? What's the... What's the oh, good, Supper Mario Supper, Bros. Supper Mario Bros. Go hit up. Look, it's not a it's not a Miyamoto. magazine scan. I'm not sure if he's necessarily the source for that one. <laughs> well, what, is, well, what is like the first? Which time, is not a drag. What's on the first time? <laughs> like I love a it. spike hitbox showed up right. somewhere. Like maybe it changed over time in a way that's only someone who's an expert would know. Right, right. Yeah. Now that makes sense. Patrick that's is true. mad because he died in Mario Maker or something. I guess <laughs> I, know. I don't know. I'm I'm mad because <laughs> when you spin jump <laughs> on the spiny. Yeah. Uh, it's a fucking controller, you man. Hit, I, you shouldn't hit the, the the spike below it. You uh-huh. used to bounce off you the spiny, missed, but that hitbox. You missed that spiny. No, I didn't. Fighting no, I didn't. Words. Also no, I didn't. here, speaking truth to power, no, Rob Zachney. Hi, Rob. Good morning. <laughs> Drinking coffee. We're all here. You know what I noticed uh, today when I was setting up this document about what we're going to talk about? We're in it. We are the there are games like season. it snapped and we're in it and I didn't notice it. <laughs> no, like obviously it's 
It's August. August is like when stuff traditionally starts to pick up. You get past Madden. It's a classic games industry. September is not usually this packed, though. It's not even September, Patrick. (laughs) I know, but we're getting we're starting to get into code season for games where you have to be like, cool, Fire Emblem, 20 hours. See you in December. Right. (laughs) Bernadetta, don't burn down this house (laughs) while I play these other games. That wasn't a joke. That wasn't even a joke. Uh, no, you're right though, because there are, I'm looking at the list of things. I'm like, get rid of stuff we've talked about already, but maybe we've still touched this week. Get rid of Fire Emblem. Get rid of Rogue Galaxy Outlaw. Uh, get rid of, get rid of, what else did we, did we, are we still like dabbling in, but we haven't talked, we talked about too much. Anodyne 2. Anodyne 2. You're still playing it. (laughs) So we don't have time to revisit it. Normally. Out of here. On, literally on Monday, we recorded a podcast where like at the halfway point, I was like, are we done? (laughs) Maybe the podcast's over. Maybe there's, there's nothing. But today, three days later, we're recording this Thursday. I'm looking at this list. Here's what I got in front of me. Eliza, a game Rob uh, reviewed yesterday or two days ago by the time you hear this, uh, very positive review, Mm -hmm. came out of nowhere. Astral Chain preview embargo just dropped. That game's out in a few weeks. I can talk about that because I've been playing it a little bit. No Man's Sky Beyond, what they're calling internally No Man's Sky 2, which brought a bunch of new shit to that game again. Uh, we can talk about it. Dicey Dungeons, which is great. (laughs) Uh, And we need to talk more about it. Uh, the uh, Genesis Mini that Kato has. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about that. Uh, there was a big Destiny sh- uh, stream with some news about that coming out soon. Uh, there was an Anthem update. <laughs> and Patrick played a board game, is what I have written down wow. here. Wow. So let's and start. And Rad. I forgot about that. Oh, I and Rad. I forgot about that. Right. Rad also came out. Uh, which. <laughs> well, it's not out. It's an embargo out? up. Out. When's it out? Out next week. Oh, next week. Okay. Out next week. Okay, so embargo up on that. So yeah, late August, early September games are getting talked about. They're getting played. We're putting our heads down and doing the thing where it's like, Eliza sounds like a great game. Yes. Rob and Danielle, you've been playing it. I'd love to hear some more about it. I don't know how I'm going to fit it in my schedule until <laughs> December. But for now, I'd love to hear. Pitch, pitch me, Eliza. I There was a the word Uber came up. Uber but for was a, was a classic construction yeah. that I saw going around. Yeah, uh, so Eliza is a visual novel from Zachtronics, uh, written and designed by Matthew Seiji Burns, who, if you are a video game blogger of a certain vintage, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, was one of the Brainsphere uh, type, type bloggers. He ran uh, Magical Wasteland, I want to say, but he's also a, a, an accomplished game designer. And it's just interesting, this being a Zachtronics game. I think, first of all, because Zektronics is kind of synonymous with, like, these really uh, systemic, like, making the machine turn and observing it operate type games. Uh, they made Shenzhen IO, which is sort of a game about programming that takes a lot from programming. Uh, they made the beautiful but slightly inscrutable Opus Magnum. But this is a very like linear visual novel. This is not one of those games where you're just going to be saying, ah, what are all the paths I can take through this? It forks at the end, but for the most part, like it has a story. It is going to tell you that story. And it's a hell of a story and it tells it really well. It is uh, set in a sort of near future contemporary Seattle where this mega, this tech megacorp uh, Skanda has just rolled out a virtual therapist, Eliza. And 
the quirk with this system is that the company has decided to make the system feel more lifelike and therefore get people to engage with it more. Uh, what Eliza requires are human proxies. So they they have set up throughout Seattle these little counseling centers that have sort of your classic therapist room, a couple books on mental health sitting on the shelf, uh, some very sort of soothing art, uh, lots of beige tones. And then you have somebody wearing like AR goggles sitting there acting as your therapist, but really they are just reading prompts from Eliza, this machine intelligence uh, that is running a therapeutic uh, algorithm as people sort of unload their problems. And you play a young woman named Evelyn who is just starting out as a proxy, but it turns out that she's also like one of the designers of Eliza. She basically like created it. Some bad stuff went down at work. Uh, there was a tragedy and she ghosted for years. And in that time, Eliza was deployed. And now she's kind of coming back into the world, reconnecting with the people who made Eliza and the people who used to be in her circle and figuring out what did she make? Is it a good thing? Like they had hopes and ambitions. Is this actually making the world better, a better place? Or is it in the way we see with a lot of uh, tech developments that, that big tech has embraced? Has it mostly provided a modicum of convenience and massively enriched sort of an oligarchic overclass? These are the kind of the questions that it's playing around with. Um, but it is such a broad story that touches on so many things like the individual patients you see have interesting stories they're getting into. There are stories about to what degree are engineers complicit and responsible for things they created on a contract, even if they no longer sort of own and operate what the machine has become. Uh, there is corporate intrigue and there's just the sort of the story about what the modern economy is becoming, especially in these sort of tech corridor cities. It's a really good game. And any one of these themes like could be kind of a, a fascinating theme in itself. Eliza kind of succeeds in exploring all of them in pretty satisfying ways. Yeah, I would say I'm <clears throat> so just so y'all know, I'm in chapter five out of six. I'm like most of the way through. So I have not finished the game. So all mm -hmm. my thoughts are you know, sort of at an unfinished point. Uh, but obviously reading Rob's uh, awesome review and hearing what his thoughts are now, it, it sounds like it does stick the landing in important ways. So I feel confident saying like <clears throat> even just thus far, this is like a true game of the year contender for me in, in just how well done it is in terms of the craft like the art is amazing the voice acting which rob also touched on in his right. review is it's incredible. fully voice acted yes. and I, I yeah i've heard <clears throat> that, voice the, acted. that that all of the performances are really striking including the leads yes it, extremely good yeah, Sorry, there's rob, not there's not a weak link in this yeah it's really really well done obviously it's a visual novel so it, it lives and dies by the writing and the writing uh, i feel is both really good in the sort of broad strokes of the plot and, mm -hmm. and that corporate intrigue angle. And, and part of the story is about what a, a decision, like what, what Evelyn does with her life. Like that is really a, a core kind of conceit uh, of the story. And it's doing that well and also doing these wonderful like character notes well. She has a friend named Nora who is like, has was on the engineering team and decided fuck this and becomes really like a very like anti-corporate activist mm -hmm. and goes into electronic music and is like this is better than program you know like this right, is right, more right. fun this is more interesting 
Uh, and there's a really wonderful character named Ray who is like basically the opposite. She is a person who comes not from privilege. She she comes from, you know, she did not have much. And she has gotten to be like a low-level manager at some of these centers. And the way she talks about, like, I just, I know this isn't perfect. I know it's not magic. I know it's not going to solve the world. But it's it helped me and it it is it is something for people. Mm-hmm. Like it is. And there's this incredible, wonderful tension between uh, these two characters, at least thus far, aren't interacting directly, but their viewpoints both feel very vibrant and very well thought out. Right. And yeah, Nora is this fucking awesome kick-ass activist who is like, fuck this. I was in this. I hate this. This stuff sucks. <sighs> she's also coming from enormous privilege that she's able to now live this life doing her art and doing consulting gigs. Where because Ray, she made a bunch of fucking money doing Because she made so doing much money already. making yeah, this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And Ray is like, yeah, it must be nice to be mm-hmm. able to live that life, but like- I'm in it and I'm doing my best to to kind of help people. And like both of these people really do come across as like, yeah, the, these are valid viewpoints. Whether whether you agree more with one or the other, it, it really does actually feel like a, a genuine attempt at looking at different viewpoints, which it succeeds beautifully with. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know that – I don't know how strong a case the game makes for Nora being an activist. I think Nora thinks she's an activist. <laughs> But this sure. is kind of what's interesting is like Nora's out there being like, hey, I'm like, I make electronic music. I'm not part of the corporate machine. And I'm not sure there's a third part of that statement with Nora. And that's the thing that gives me pause about that character is yeah. Nora is very much somebody who, yes, she has made choices. She has beliefs. But also, is there an element of, hey, I got mine. And now I don't have to be implicated morally yeah. in any of this. I am... uh Sort of writing myself an ex- a doctor's excuse for mm-hmm. like absenting myself uh, from big tech's takeover of everything, but this is also a science fiction story in some ways. I think something I would compare it to is um oh boy, it's sort of a subtle science fiction story in the way that if you ever read like E.L. Doctorow's uh, The Waterworks, for mm-hmm. instance, is a historical novel. But actually, there is some weird shit happening in the margins of that story that is extremely sci-fi. This reminds me of that. There are truly wild things happening in the background of this story that characters, uh, namely your old boss, uh, Soren, who is considers himself the designer of Eliza, uh, is comes from a academic therapeutic background. And sort of had the idea for how to operationalize Eliza. And then there's this dude, Rainer, who is the CEO of Skanda and is very much your tech giant megalomaniac uh, CEO. Both of these guys have really – it's hard to tell if their visions are genuinely profound or – they just sound profound because these guys are narcissistic assholes with a lot of money, right? And I think this right. is this is the other thing this game does really well is the a defining feature of this moment in technology and the way our economy is set up is it's actually really hard to tell the difference between people who actually have big ideas and people who just have big stacks and really small ideas. Right. Yes. And we've all, we've all seen fire. We've all talked about the fire festival. We, you know, we've been there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 And, and so like, it's, it's, it it is tough to tell like how compelling Soren and Rainer's visions are, but the things they're proposing are potentially transformative if they, if they pan out and they both want you to sign on for those programs as well. And so 
you do have a lot of stuff that is dealing with detailed aspects of the human experience and very sort of small personal stakes about what, as Danielle said, like, what does Evelyn want to do? What does she want her life to be? What does life mean to her? But then there are, in the background of this story, uh, some larger questions being asked about what would it, like, what do we want from therapy, for instance? Like, what? That was like, one of my big what questions. Is, what is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was like, yeah, what is success in mental health? Right. Well, like, and specifically my question here is like, one, obviously we are, I have two things. They're, they're kind of connected and I, I need you to answer for me because I haven't played this fucking <laughs> game. One is just how does this thing come at therapy? We, we talk a lot about mental health on the show. We talk about the way that, that like uh, mental health uh, is, is often deployed in really uh, irresponsible ways. This is obviously, or it sounds like a game that takes this very seriously and has some fully fleshed out thoughts. So that's one. Part two to this is... A few weeks ago on this podcast, there was conversation about something like Outer Worlds and it setting a stage but not necessarily committing to uh, a, a perspective. Uh, this week, there was that like the, the Stephen Totillo at Kotaku had that interview with someone at Ubisoft. Does anyone <laughs> – Patrick, do you remember who that guy was at it was Ubisoft? Someone, it was someone that worked – There's Ubisoft has like an, uh, an overarching uh, editorial team yes. that it does not necessarily right. – write the scripts for each game, but it's sort of just meant to be sort of like a creative brain, brain trust that is sort of has their hands. It's more of a consulting editorial consulting yeah. for all of Ubisoft's games that are especially story heavy. And yeah, until had an interview in which they, it was the kind of the first person who spoke a little more directly to the notion of politics in Ubisoft's games. Go look it up. That may be giving it more credit than what that. Like, it's it's yeah. an interesting interview, regardless yeah. of like whether it's more of just a strategic hand wave by Ubisoft. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, but anyway, his perspective was, or his thing was like, we're just asking the questions. Basically, his dream game was, I want a game where there's a thousand perspectives, and you, the player, take away your your decision. And that's a perspective that we have criticized on the show many times because we think the it's marketplace a, of ideas, the marketplace of ideas, doesn't exist, right? Like, where it exists, <laughs> but is like is deeply biased towards. Uh, established established yeah. positions of power, right? Yeah. But but I hear the the thing that you're explaining now about this game, and you're saying, hey, everyone here is is complicit or or is uh, compromised in some way. The perspectives are laid out there for you. The game's page, at store page itself, says, is AI driven counseling better than nothing? Is it worse than nothing? What responsibilities come with technical skills? Consider your own answers to these questions and more. Uh, which is which is the Ubisoft position, right? Like uh, the difference. I'm asking, what is the difference between these two things? Is it just the the execution here is so fantastic that it it actually provides a space for that sort of consideration? Is it that the possibility space of answers produced is actually more coherent and less like uh, inconsistent? Like what what is what is it about this that doesn't rub you the wrong way? The way something like Fallout New Vegas or Outer Worlds which opens up the possibility for like truly reprehensible shit where that doesn't necessarily fit in with, with feeling good about this thing. For me thus far, it's that every character, it feels like a character and not an archetype. Mm -hmm. Like every character actually feels like they are coming from somewhere. They they have a past. I mean, it's, it's not to say that, Oh, you go into everybody's backstory to, sure. to a huge degree, but like the writing I think does the work of making you feel like these are, actual human beings with actual experience in the world who are navigating a complicated world, who know they're navigating a complicated world, with the 
possible exception of the megalomaniacs who are meant to be megalomaniacs. Sure. You do get a bit of their backstory as well, but like, fuck their point of view. Like, even the main character is a little bit of like, well, fuck your point of view. Obviously, whatever. Like, you've, you're coming from a different universe. Right. But in terms of I'm, the characters who are, you really have a lot of really meaningful interactions with, it does feel like these are people. And it feels like they are people with perspectives as opposed to straw men or like just for... uh, sitting here making a statement, you know, like mm-hmm. or, or the bullshit marketplace of ideas kind of idea of like, I am representing this. No, I'm representing this. No, I'm representing this. And you, and that's the player, all you have. get to pick the one that lines right. up exactly. with your most curious self. Exactly. They feel like people with okay. complicated feelings. Rob, does that add up to your experience, especially since you've seen the end of this game? And I know we can't really talk about spoilers here and shouldn't given what this game is especially. But yeah. like – is that when you when you take your step away from it, did you feel like the decisions that were laid bare to you were consistent with the version of Evelyn you'd been playing? Or were there things there that were like, well, why the fuck would I side with this person? Uh, so I actually find like in the end, I didn't find any character – 100% repulsive, which I think was an achievement because some of them are pretty gross. Like uh, Soren, for instance, is repeatedly exposed as a serial sexual harasser yep. uh, to the point where there's a compulsive quality to it that is deeply uncomfortable. But that is not his only character trait that is given in the story. And so there, like even a character who could have easily been just this archetype of this, this bumbling harasser uh, who just kind of gets dumpstered over the course of the story. Even him, there are dimensions to him that make him not, not in like, he's not entirely a waste of human life and potential. Right. Right. But nevertheless, he has massive and increasingly unforgivable flaws as the story goes on. But there is something there that is worth engaging with. And I feel like that's kind of true across the board here. Uh, so I think as far as the character sort of being convincing and, and hard to reduce to just being an archetype who stands for a point of view, I think that's absolutely true. And I think that is the mistake a lot of other games make where they present these things as, hey, these are all like equally valid choices you just get to choose from like right. off a menu. But I think there's another thing here, which is that for the most part, this game doesn't think you can just transcend the system you're in. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where a lot of other games also go wrong is they have there's this notion that you know, JC, which which door you go through at the end at the end here will determine what we do with with the AI and what, what the future of the world is. That's not really where you're at in this game. You don't gotcha. get to exercise like a veto power over the modern economy. You are you ha- like you are an important person in a way within this world. Nevertheless, you are constrained by a lot of structures and systems around you. And so I think one of the other things that I like about this is I think this game resists a an emotionally gratifying but ultimately hollow revolutionary politics mm-hmm. in a way that I appreciate. Like there like there isn't there isn't really an option here where you can be like, "No, I'm going to tear this corporate system <laughs> down brick by brick." Like you're one engineer. The question is, 
how do you want to exist in a world where that system exists? And you, you did have a hand in building it. Can you like change it from the inside? Like we know there's a lot of people tell themselves that, and that proves to be self-deceiving. You can try, but is that, is that realistic is doing what Nora did and piecing out and saying, I refuse to be part of this anymore. Is that any more moral or valid? Um, and then there's the question of, you know, even if you threw in with some of these uh, venture venture capitalist types, uh, even if you threw in with Soren, of all people, his idea, as bad as he is, could his idea make the world a better place? He genuinely, for all his flaws, seems interested in doing that. And so what I think works here is that the game does a very good job of showcasing both Structural constraints that people are trapped within in a system like this. And then also exploring the rationalizations and coping techniques they deploy to handle this reality. And what the true merit of some of them is and what the more uh, diluted aspects of it are. And I think that's what makes it work is all of this feels thoughtful and earned and not necessarily like it's going to give you an easy out where you get to say, well, Evelyn would never be a part of something like this. Cause in the real world, like, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of Evelyn's are part of bad things and advance their interests and they regret it. And then they go to work the next day. And I think there's value in an experience like this in a way that, trying the the sort of Ubisoft marketplace of ideas model uh, tends to tends to fall short on because it ends up not really interrogating those systems at all. Yeah, there's an exchange uh, that I'm thinking of. It really well said, Rob, but <clears throat> there is an exchange that Ray, the, the character who does not come from means, who has kind of She's, she believes in this yeah. product, at Therapy least. Therapy for people. She at least Even believes in, in that model. Even in this version is useful, exactly. is what she believes, I'm guessing. Okay. Yeah, exactly. She's like, it's not magic. I know it's not perfect, but it's something. It's better than nothing. That's kind of her her perspective. There is an exchange where uh, Evelyn, as the proxy, you know, because she's still working this sort of Uber job. Right, right, right. As she is going through the motions of trying to figure out her life, uh, she has a really rough uh, exchange, you know, she has a really rough session where she feels really bad for somebody who is poor and who is really going through a lot of struggles. And Ray is like, you know, she's actually kind of talking down about Nora, and she's like paraphrasing, but she says something along the lines of, "What, what do you want me to say to people that they that they uh, should tear down all the structures of their life, like tear down all the structures of society?" Like she's acknowledging society is the problem here, right, but right. what am I going to do? Can can we give them this band aid or do we give them nothing? Like that that sort of thing, uh, which is really. It was I was sitting there like, yeah, I, I appreciate both mm-hmm. the focus and the nuance here in the writing. There's one other thing I wanted to uh, – there are like two other sort of ideas that I wanted to bring up. One of them being just that I appreciate how much this game gets depression. Yeah. We talked so much about that in the Eva podcast, but um, – Eva, sorry, podcast. But Evelyn's character, she's gone through some trauma. She's gone through something awful. She worked so, so hard on you know these projects and was so idealistic. It was this brilliant engineer and then experienced some trauma and peaced out for a couple of years. And now she's kind of coming back into the world. And there are so many points where characters are asking you, 
what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? And what depression does, at least in my experience of depression, is it makes every choice feel impossible. Yeah. It makes it completely impossible to feel as if there is a right choice. Every choice is going to be wrong, no matter what I do. So it makes you feel very trapped and it makes you feel very stuck and it makes you feel very much like there is no right choice. And this game, whether it is you know deliberately seeking out to portray depression, I think it is, but whether it's like really going towards yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the clinical model of this or not, does it so well. And I've, I've been sitting there playing this game almost in tears <laughs> the last couple of days, like, oh my God, this feels so real and it feels so present. And it, it does make life decisions, big life decisions feel as if there is no right answer. And like, you're just sort of praying for a path, like for a good path or some kind of emotional connection towards a path forward that is just, holy shit, that is, that is done incredibly well here. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to kind of bring up in general is this sort of raised point of view, this sort of point of view of would an app like this, would a cheap, mm -hmm. you know, like it's not perfect, nobody thinks it's perfect. There are ways in which it's comically a failure where every single, you know, you go through this, the, the therapy sessions many times and it's so fucking obvious that some of these people need real help. They need an actual clinician who can a good clinician, right, by the right. way, which yeah. there are bad therapists out there who are not better than this crappy app, <laughs> right? Um, but whether or not there's any value whatsoever in this, because it does – some people do seem to get something out of it. Just the sort of exercise of talking about your problems mm -hmm. out loud and having anything feel as if it's listening to you. Uh, whether there's like any value in this at all, whether this sort of Band-Aid approach is in the slightest helpful. And I think it's great that the game, at least thus far – kind of kind of says i don't know like i'm not sure if we know i mm. mental health care in the united states is so abysmally both poor and so out of reach for anybody who does not have means right. that like would, would a band-aid be helpful at all and it's i appreciate that it's asking that question without offering any kind of easy answer I need to play it badly. You know, <laughs> yeah. I've always thought about mental health care. Hey, can I can I ask one thing about it? Um, yeah. So in your in your review, uh, Rob, you mentioned that, and I wonder if part of this is its ability to stick the landing is that it you don't have much agency until the very end. You don't really make any choices. To so it's a visual novel, but like visual novels run a spectrum yep. in terms of agency. Yeah. Um, this one specifically removes all of that and is mostly just telling you a story. It's a kind of a form of inter interactive fiction presented in a visual novel sort of aesthetic until the end when you get some measure of, of – yeah. like, is it – and I especially think of this contrasted to the way you were talking about mm, the noir game from like a month ago. Night call. The cab game. Oh, yeah, night call. Um, in which that took a different approach. It was like also trying to tell a story, dealing with a lot of like weighty subjects, but like added like very gamey elements that like had an economy structure. Um, and that seemed like very much the detriment of its ability to tell – a story. So I'm curious, having played both of these games, like where you sort of land on their like structural approaches to like dealing with these sorts of topics in terms of, I'm not saying one's wrong way or uh, uh, there are better ways of doing all sorts of things. Like just where do you come out in it having played these both back to back and having two like very different ways of presenting their stories? Yeah, I think in general, I'm going to have a bias toward doing something right once and saying what you want to say and getting out. Like, I think I like Night Call, but the thing that consistently frustrates me is each sort of playthrough has a time limit on it. And so the only way to get at all the character arcs and stories in the game is to run another campaign. But then you're going to get another 
hand of cards, basically, and see what narrative unfolds. And that becomes a little frustrating, right? Like, there are still conversations I haven't had in uh, in Eliza. There are things that, like, I probably want to play the last couple chapters two or three more times just to see at these places where I can begin sort of inflecting the narrative. I'm curious how they all play out. But in terms of like the first five chapters of that game, you see what the game has to say. You meet the characters uh, and there isn't a need to repeat that again and again and just try to sift through it for more of the story that's embedded within it. And so I think that like you feel like you're playing with a full deck at the point that the game says, all right, I'm going to bring you in. You have a sense of like what's at stake here. Now it it feels appropriate to like give you some levers of power as opposed to a lot of other games that like want to give you those levers really early. Right away. And, you know, a game like Nightcall seems like it suffered for it. Yeah, I, I, I do think so. I think Nightcall, some of it is just execution. I, I think some of what sure. frustrates me about Nightcall is that it just could have been executed better and made getting at these other character arcs and stories less cumbersome. I still think it's a really good game. I, th- I still think it's a, it's a special game. Uh, but in terms of just keeping me in the story and letting me letting me give myself over to it without getting frustrated at structural constraints or more gamey elements that don't quite work. Eliza never like one of the reasons I just sort of shotgunned Eliza is because once it hooked me, there was nothing to break that connection, right? Like I just stayed in that game until I was done with the story. Nightcall, it was like you were constantly going over speed bumps and what was there was good but after a time, after a point, you start getting a little bit less curious about what's going what's going on down this road as you're just sort of jouncing over <laughs> all these obstacles. Right. Cool. Well, we should take a break. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to figure out how to find. How long is this? So I put like uh, ten hours into it, but a lot of that was solitaire. Is the problem? <laughs> uh, there's a in good five out of six. So okay, maybe so maybe maybe like six, five to six five hours six if hours. you're not okay. doing the mini games. How so. good is wait, 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 time out? Time out. One second. How good is the solitaire? What are we talking about here? It's pretty good. It's like you really like. It's really easy to pick up, but like there's still a lot of ways you can mess it up, especially as the difficulty increases, and you really gotta like see the whole board and anticipate moves and uh it's also just really pretty so (laughs) yeah it's um i would say it's more fun than shenzhen solitaire which was the solitaire game embedded in shenzhen io okay uh i would say this is a more enjoyable uh solitaire game but also more of a how would you say it holds up to the pool mini game that i played way too much of in rebel galaxy outlaw Uh, literally every time I went to a station that had pool, I spent 20 minutes playing pool, which <laughs> How is, convincing was the pool? It's really good pool. Like, it might be Fuck. more fun to play. Like it's, virtual it's, pool? Yeah, it might be more fun to play the pool game than to get into some dog fights in that I was going to say, like, whereas, like, Rob just didn't want to leave Eliza, I feel like 
Uh-huh. You were like, what if I just play pool instead of going into my ship again? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> See, that's how we know it succeeds at the space trucker yeah. aspect of it. You're is right. you're just pulling up to the roadhouse and being like, you know what? I'm just gonna have my beers yep. and I'm gonna, you know, play I'm gonna shoot Listen, through some, for, sometimes for someone so, sometimes someone in the bar will be like, Hey, I got a new ion cannon. I'll put it up for for you put up nine K, I'll put up this ion cannon. We'll see who gets to that eight ball first. And like, yeah, I'm down. Let's do that. That sounds fun. <laughs> that sounds more fun than space trucking. Uh, all right, let's take a break. I'm going to try to find time for Eliza, not during this break, just in my life. <laughs> right now. Yeah. Right, yes, yeah, so at some point. And when we come back, we still have a bunch more to talk about. So stick around. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We are back to talk more about video games. Dicey Dungeons. Dicey Dungeons. Dicey Dungeons. Dicey. Dungeons. It's good. It's fucking great. All right. So you got some. All right. (laughs) All right. So you go to a game show. You're like, hey, cool game show. You get selected to go on the game show. Lady Luck is there. Oh. And she is like, hey, guess what? What's the thing you want most in the world? Dicey Dungeons. Okay, well that's the game you're playing. So that's give me like for real. I saw Lady Luck, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. I saw Lady Luck, and I was like, uh, was it Manuela, who's the the, the yeah, female Manuela, professor from yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fire Emblem? Yeah, uh, that's all I could see. It's all Manuela I could see. Energy Lady Luck has. She's like, gotcha. oh, you want a boat? Guess what? You're probably gonna die actually in my dungeon. But there's a chance you'll get a boat. So you go in. This is a weird game to talk about. You go in on your screen. You got an ice cream cone that wants to kill you, for instance, or yep. a space marine, yeah, or uh, like a caterpillar, or a clown, a clown, or a, a like a like a weaponized elephant. There's a, a, lot, there's of a lot of enemies, <laughs> and they're like, "Rah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you." There's like a jester, or you know, whatever. And what you have in front of you is two dice, okay, uh, and then you got a car, a couple of like cards in front of you, a couple of like slots that have little holes on them that you could put dice into. So you got a, you got another thing. It's a sword, and there's like a there's like a square on it where you could put a die, and it says, "Hey, you'll do the damage that's on the die." So you, you roll those dice. You got a you got a five, and you got a, a two. And you're like, "All right, I can do five damage." But put wait, the five in. wait, Rob, because you got another the little five. card. That's wait, you got damage. another card. <laughs> you got another little card that says, "Do I know this in advance?" Yeah, it's already on the yeah. screen. I'm just, okay, I'm, so it's not like a river card. Yeah. Like, it's no, like, oh, no, no, shit, no, no, no. I should use that five. Your, no, all your sword right. is up You know there. exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing you don't know round around is the dice. So, well, depending on what class you're playing. Anyway, so <laughs> the other card you got up on that screen says, three times per, per turn, you could reroll a die. You got a five and a two. You got a sword that can take one die. Do you reroll that two? Do you see if maybe you get a, a six out of that thing? Now let me give you one yeah, more. Yeah, but you might have a you might have a shield card yes. that can only take a two, so you can get plus two buff. And so, what if you want to use that two there? So maybe you reroll the five instead, hoping you get a six. 
and you get a three. What? Uh, you, maybe <laughs> that's oh, what happens. Is upset. Or, Austin, or maybe you have a matchstick. That's infuriating. Maybe you have a matchstick, <laughs> and the matchstick says you can. Here's a great one. You have that sword that I already said. You have a matchstick. You have the reroll. The matchstick says you put any even number die in, and you burn one of your opponent's dice next turn, which we're like immediately for their next turn, which means that when they try to use it, ow, ooh, it's hot. They take two damage. Ow, ow. <laughs> or, uh, but, but it only and if takes they're two. an ice-based enemy, they're going to be taking four damage. Taking four oh. damage. So, but let's say you have a six and a five. Well, do you put, do you just lose that six? You toss that six in the fucking matchstick? The matchstick doesn't even do direct damage. It's only going to do damage if the, if the ice cream picks up the fucking Bernie die. And guess what? The ice cream is all in for Biden, so it's not going near anything Bernie. <laughs> so, do you put the five in the sword, or do you no. put the... Ah. Uh, so is this that is the an game. Iowa State Fair joke. <laughs> Dicey Dungeons is no, no pork chops. No, no pork chops. Dicey Dungeons uh, is the game I just explained. Except it gets progressively more complex, but never more difficult to understand. Mm. It gives you more. Are there layers. ever more dice? Yeah, you gain no. dice as you level up. Well, yeah, you start yes. with two. That, okay, okay. Yes. it goes up to like five through the course of leveling up. But so the range get... of options that you get to play around with begins to increase, and but like fundamentally, this this core design stays the same. Hundred, you're mm-hmm. placing dice into equipment. The equipment changes. The amount of dice you have changes. With different classes, you end up getting some very cool and weird abilities. But this basic thing, and the thing I didn't write in my piece on this game, is just like, it is fun to put dice into holes. <laughs> it is fun to have a die and be like, I'm going to put this over here. The experience of clicking and dragging it and moving it is just, is just like, has I want to use my finger, though. I will. I, oh, I, want this to be on, I want this to be on the touch screen so feedback? bad. I would love <laughs> I, I, well, Yes, actually, like, yes, oh. I would love if, like, if, well, you know, not put it on Switch. Yeah. yeah. Put it on Switch at some point um but it is one of those where like the 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 austin is right the act of like pulling the die over is satisfying but the whole time you're thinking boy wouldn't my finger feel better doing just like the literal tactile feel like it is so satisfying to to drop it in watch the action occur um but yeah you would want to do it with your finger but that's not to take away from what is otherwise a it is a great really fantastic it is a fantastic game it's so approachable like i want to like i know you made your point of this in in your review but also uh you play a lot of these games. I do. Um, I do, but it I'm like felt... Fairly, so I'm, I'm glad fr- to hear I'm not wrong about this, because I, I wrote that I, yeah, I, like I want to like f- From the perspective of someone that normally looks at these and can get overwhelmed, played Team World Quest, so like mm. kind of got my, my, my f- uh, foot in the door on it, haven't uh, quite graduated to Slay the Spire, um, but wanted to check this out um, because I generally like... Uh, one of the designers of it, Terry, I don't know if he's the only designer, I know it's a small team, Terry Cavanaugh, yeah. who did one of my favorite platformers of all time, VVV, VVV, um... <laughs> Uh, it's the, if you don't remember is the game where like you can like change the gravity at will and like the little stick figure would stick to the top. It's a really terrific platform where you should go back and play. Um, but I just kind of generally follow his work. Super Hexagon, which like wasn't for me, but I think was like brilliantly made for what it is. Mm-hmm. Like basically if he makes something like I'm super interested in playing it. So I was like, all right, I have gone on this journey. I'm, I want to try another one of these. And like my first playthrough, like I quote unquote beat the game. Like I made it through a run and uh, it never when I look back at the options in front of me, they sound overwhelming, but yeah. in the moment it never felt that way. It like, and I'm sure that gets more complex as you get classes that can, can accomplish more and have like more uh, eccentricity to, to the cards. But even in the ones I was playing was like, you know, if then like sort of bits with like the die that you're putting in and I'm managing, you know, there's a, a card I had that was like, 
take any card and make it a plus one, and you're you're varying that against. It's just it's a tremendously complex game that at no point feels as though it is, and that is the UI in this game is such an accomplishment yep. that. I thought I was playing a tutorial <laughs> and it turns out the game was just putting me in the first run. And then I just finished the run, you know, an hour and 10 minutes later. And that is such a compliment to the the game's ability to just toss you in there in a way that doesn't feel like it's tossing you in there. Um, the, the UI in this game, even if it ends up not being the game for you is so slick and so smart that like, it should be studied for the way it onboards a player into what it's doing. Totally. Uh, really quick, I want to shout out Marlo Dobbs, who's the – sorry, Dobbs? Dob? Dob? Dob. Dob. Yeah. D-O-B-B-E. Marlo Dobb. Uh, she did all the art. Uh, and uh, Chip Zell, who has worked with Terry Cavanaugh before mm. on music and, and here again. The music is fantastic. Lots of earworms in this. Yeah. Um, lots of fucking bangers. Uh, <laughs> and then just, like, the character design, Marlo's character design uh, is so – so, so good. So memorable. Like all the characters have this like goofy cartoonish look, but also can be like, maybe it's because there's some, a little bit of writing in there. It's like a little intimidating. I'm like, oh fuck, I don't want to fight this space Marine right now. If that space Marine gets 20 points, he's going to blast my fucking head off with his laser <laughs> cannon. <laughs> um, uh, it's gorgeous. Um, and I, I will say, I like just to give you a, a look at like some of the other character classes. Mm -hmm. So like Patrick, your first run was with the warrior. The warrior is super basic. The warrior is yeah, the soldier. It's very basic. Doesn't have any like sort of like weird quirks to, how it plays. And I unlocked the thief, I think, when I yes. finished the run. Yeah, which is still pretty straightforward. Eventually, you get six different... So the way it works is every time you complete uh, a run with a character, you unlock another one until you get all six unlocked. Each character has, I think, six adventures, um, which change certain things about either the character's uh, starting kit. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think the one of the other warrior ones is you start with, like, a battle axe or two battle axes or something instead of just a sword and a shield or whatever it is. Um, or it changes things about the world. Um, there's kind of like parallel universe versions where um, imagine that Burn didn't do the thing I said it did before. In this whole run, Burn does something completely different or ice, you know, hmm. so like those things get changed and you're like, uh, okay, I have to like readdress my classic build. It just doesn't work because some of the core idea, some of the core like concepts in the game changed. You know, it's like maybe instead of fire, um, burning, you know, making it so that you take damage when you use a die, it may, it means that you take damage when you use one of your abilities. Mm -hmm. Anytime you use that ability, you take two damage, you know, it tells you what it is. You can mouse over, you can see what it is. Um, and I don't remember a specific one, which is bad on my part. There, uh, the, I did a specific one that had it was like you got much better uh starting equipment uh but every single turn you had one curse and what curse does Ooh. is that huh. randomly Ooh. you will place a die and then instead of that equipment actually doing what it's supposed to do it just disappears and nothing happens and nothing. but it's random you don't know when it's going to happen it's not the first and it thing might you not do. happen it might not even happen in a whole turn yeah, yeah, but yeah. you have to oh, start thinking about order of so, operations it's so mean yeah. it's so good <laughs> It's oh, so wow. but you start I, I, with I, I equipment have, I, that is so run. you start with equipment that is so like strong that even if you lose one it's it's not it's not balanced too far the other way gotcha. where like losing one of the equipments is going to totally screw you over yeah. but it definitely makes you think about what order you're doing things in a lot more like carefully yeah, yeah. The one that we – the class that we played the other day, Kato, you watched me play through a run with the engineer, mm -hmm. um, which is like so fucking cool. Uh, and it like completely threw me for a loop because I was not ready to play through yeah. as the engineer. I didn't really understand that. I mean this is the thing. It's like you're like, well, OK, well, what's, what do I got on my screen? OK. The engineer starts with a hammer, which is 
do six shot like lightning damage. And if you if you roll a six, you put a six in there. It will shock your opponent, which means that they what is it? They lose. Uh, basically, one of their their equipment has you have to you, put a dice in to like unlock to it, unlock it. Right. To so it's basically, un- like they're they, if they want to use one piece of equipment, they have to waste a, a die on it. They it has a, uh, a a snowflake, which if you put an odd die in there, will freeze. Um, uh, one of your opponent's dice, which drops it from whatever number it is to the to one. It picks the highest die that they right. roll to. So it if they roll a six, a it changes it to a one. A spanner, which combines two dice. So if you have a three and a two, but you have a thing that only takes fives, you could make your five. Or if you have a four and a four, you can combine them and get a six and a two. Oh. So that way, like, hey, if you need an, or if you have a, you know, there there are ways to get, almost get an extra die out of yeah. this, uh, out of these sorts of like plus ones or, com- or combination things. I'm gonna have like a shitty a shitty gun called the pea shooter which did two damage <laughs> if you put like five points into it or something it's like no i'm not never using that that thing fucking sucks and then it had a gadget it had a, like a button you could just hit and it was like burn all dice like hell yes this is the best class ever burn all dice i'm gonna click that button every time i'm burning all my my opponent's dice they're gonna take damage over time every time cool win that fight then it's like okay you threw out the, the heat ray because you're uh, an inventor who cares about inventing new things Pick a piece of, of equipment you have, turn it into a new piece of new, a new gadget, and it leaves your equipment. So like, then I'm like, wait, what? And so I have these four pieces of equipment. Which one do I want to sacrifice to turn into a new uh, special ability yeah. only for my next fight? So by the end of that game, it was like, well, fuck, I never want to give up this one cool thing I have, but I need all this other stuff too. And so we were we were kind of planning things out like, okay, well, I think the next fight's going to be pretty easy. Right. So I'll give up. Toss this one I'll in. I'll toss this one in <laughs> and I'll get like a thing that just gives me like plus shields or something. Right. I don't really need that bad. But then in the final fight, I'll, I'll use my really good my really good weapon and turn that into something that just straight up does six damage every turn or whatever. Yeah. Um, the it, That stuff is really cool. And I know like, again, it sounds like we're talking about something very complex. Did you, the game did, is so bright and colorful. Did you touch the robot at all? Uh, the, it has like the calculator built in. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, it's like a blackjack. Yeah, exactly. It's game. like they they basically like so you click the button to roll a die and it fills up a bar basically that goes. Uh, it starts out like one to eight or something. And when you say roll a die, you mean you mean to create and roll a die right. on the screen, not right. to roll a die you, you don't already get, have. You don't oh, get. Any so you start die. with zero die. Zero die. You and press the button. Button that says calculate and a bar, a meter. Yeah. And so you hit it, you get a die, and then that whatever amount is on there fills the meter up. Uh, and it, you can hit it again if the bar isn't filled up. But if you go over the top of your bar, you short circuit and nothing works. All of your equipment goes away. Yeah. So you're playing this risk reward like it's it's just like blackjack. You're, like, okay. you're trying to like yeah, yeah. can I I I got a three. I still have five slots left. If I hit a six, which is I'm unlikely, fucked. I'm fucked. But I could use another die for this other piece of equipment. Right. <laughs> I'm going to try right. it. You and know? if you've you built this, the rest yeah. of your character out, the rest of your equipment out, because you have like four, you kind of have like, equipment is either like one slot or two slots, and you have six, six slots, yeah. right? So it's either like, you know, you, you end up having between three and five or six different mm-hmm. of things that you can do. Um, in a case like that, it's like, okay, well, if I have a couple of other things that let me boost whatever my low die are, and I roll like a one, two, three, four in for that, for that, for the robot, like I can do a lot of stuff this turn because I can boost them this dif- all these different ways. Yeah. It's like such a fun, it's such a fun take on the roguelike deck builder to, to the degree that like I've barely talked about the word <clears throat> cards at all. Like it high, you don't know that what you're talking about is a deck builder. Like it right. does not present that. Patrick, you know, said like 
that he's played uh, SteamWorld, SteamWorld uh, Quest. He's dipped his toes in, in, yeah, in Slay the Spire. Those are games that have cards. Those are games that are like, here are my fucking cards. This is a game that is very much about those same sorts of ideas and those same sorts of builds. And certain classes are very much about building a deck of of things that you can play. Yeah. Um, the witch makes it so that you end up having, or the warlock, the witch, witch yeah. uh, has like, you basically build a spell book, which is really cool, where like one two, through six will all have a different spell on them. Or I guess you could double up. You could say like, right. I want to put the same spell on three and four. That way I have twice as much of a chance of getting that. And when you roll that die, it just does that thing. Um, it's, it's so cool. Like I, I, it's grown on me more since I've written, since I wrote my piece about it the other day, as I've played a little bit more of it. Um, it is like, uh, it's not that big of a surprise to me because I got to play it at E3 at like the Indiecade mm-hmm. booth at E3. And I was like, wow, this is, this is legit. Um, <laughs> I so badly wish it was on Switch or on oh phones or on, I want to be able to play it on my commute so bad. Yep. So yeah, it'd be perfect for that. It would be perfect It's gotta for that. be coming, right? I hope so. I have no idea. But people should check uh, it out. The, uh, look. Terry Kavanaugh, right? Dude ports his games. Yeah. <laughs> what I, I will say. say like, That's not like insider games. knowledge. I'm just looking at the history. Yeah, like VBV, like you know, came to everything. Like this game is has done uh, was the top selling game on Steam for a while. So it seems like it's doing pretty well. Good. So um, That's give it give it time. Yeah. Like I'm pretty confident it will it will come where where you would like it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm, like, I'm, I'm anxious great. to play uh, more of it too. Uh, I think it is. It's just not the kind of game I really want to play on a computer monitor right. on a, or a TV. Yeah. Like it's the, it's it's the thing where it's like put it on Switch is is like so reductive, but also it's just like it just fits in your life in so many more ways for the types of games yeah. that this game fits into. Because yeah. each battle is so short too. Like you can totally see yourself just doing one thread and then like doing mm-hmm. whatever else. Like it's it's really really great for little bite sized sessions. In 2018, Terry Cavanaugh did an interview with himself. In which he asks this question. Okay, what platforms? I'm probably initially going to release the game on Steam. After that, I'm going to look into doing mobile releases on iPhone and Android shortly after. So I think we're going to be fine. I think we're going to be fine. All right. It's very cool. Uh, What else? What else else are people playing that's exciting? Real quick, Patrick, speaking of dice, you played a board (laughs) game. You played the Jaws board game. Oh, good. How was that? Yeah, so... uh, I don't know anything uh, about the Jaws board game. My wife and I have had... Neither did I. Okay. Nothing. Um, uh, it was my uh, wife and I's seventh uh, wedding anniversary last weekend. Congrats. And um, thank you. Um, and we had some recent uh, expenses come up out of nowhere. So it was like, all right, no no gifts. And it's not like a 10 year. So it's like, let's table all that stuff. So, um, but you know, then he still tried to sneak something in. And so I had seen a friend of ours, uh, Casey Malone, who is also a big uh board game fan had mentioned that they'd played the Jaws board game at Gen Con. I was like, oh, like Jaws is like my wife's favorite movie of all time. Um, I was like, is that like ex- accessible? And also, and this is also why I commented on Dusty Dungeons, like accessible to someone who plays board games is like a yeah, very a different question <laughs> than somebody who does not. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been very clear, like if, the only reason I don't play more board games is one lack of people because I'm just like stuck at home generally with my wife and my daughter, and like I can raise my daughter in that direction, but she's not there yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, time, yeah, like game, like there, it's it's a time investment to learn, and that's before you even play. And so like that's usually yeah. like the the the, the big uh, burden I have for for board games. But uh, Casey had it was, said it was successful, and I was like, is it? My wife can play this successfully. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And I saw it at Target. It was 30 bucks. And I was like, all right, even if it doesn't pan out, 
it'll just be a cool thing that goes in our yeah. Uh, our, there's probably you know, a cool our, 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 on our shelf. There's probably a cool shark involved in some way, made out of wood <laughs> yeah. or plastic. Yeah, yeah. Right? it's just something, just a new thing on the shelf for thirty bucks. I you know you could do worse. And so um, over the weekend we had. Uh, like a daughter would not asleep. She had been running around swimming all day. I was like, she's going to be out for a solid three hours. I was like, well, like, let's, let's open this. Let's open this up yeah. and see what it is. And oh my God. <laughs> like, again, I don't know how to play board games and I did not have anyone. I had to be oh, the guiding buddy. light in this. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, I had what I, I had what must be the experience for, well, I see this with my wife all the time where it's like, do you want to try this game? And then she looks at the controller and goes, nope. Um, we're like, I feel like like games take such a presumptive angle of over just basic things like how does an analog stick work? Yeah. And I felt like opening the instructions to this game was like, I don't know how analog sticks work. Um, and the reason I use that analogy is um, the rules are not, are. I don't know the framework, right? And if you have played a, a number of board games, I bet you look at this and go, Cool, get it. Like it's I one can of these. Scan to X Y Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plug. It's one of these. I'll just plug in what's different. Like let's roll into the game. I have none of that framework, and so we were gonna actually play a game, and then I was like, look, let's just read through these rules together. Like let's talk about what we don't understand and like figure it out. Side note, really wish I had like seen somewhere on the instructions that said like, hey, there's a YouTube video online that you could just <laughs> yeah, watch. Yeah, there's like a 13-minute video. That didn't catch like that. Just, huh. yeah, yeah, didn't catch that. Uh-huh. Uh, the game is split. Uh, uh, fast forward, it, it worked out. It was fine. Oh, okay, like, within good. 10 minutes, like we understood the framework and like we're actually able to, to play the game. The general premise, uh, it's split into two acts. One on Amity Island, uh, one on the boat. Oh, okay. And there are two different like uh, board layouts for that. Um, uh, one to three people are playing uh, the crew. Um, so, you know, the main character is from, from Jaws. Um, and then the other is the shark. And so you have the crew trying to take out the shark. Uh, and th- in the first phase, it's Amity Island, the the, uh, the shark terrorizing Amity Island, the various beaches. And the crew is trying to tag the shark with two uh, barrels to track it. And the shark is trying to uh, eat X number of, like, people. So, like, it hits Classic it, it eats 13 shark. swimmers. You know. <laughs> then the then the shark wins the round. If you attach two barrels to it, then the crew wins the round. And then you go on to act two. You go to act two regardless. But the if the crew manages to win the round where they're disadvantaged, then they get certain advantages uh, going into the second round. We just completely punted on act two. We're just like, we're not even going to bother with oh, that. That's okay. another day. Let's just focus <laughs> on... Because it was like, I don't know how long this is going to take. I don't want to overwhelm us. Yeah, we're like, yeah, we're yeah. reading seven pages of rules. Let's just focus on this one round. Um, it was sort of frustrating because it's one to four players. You're playing with two? Where uh, I'm playing as three crew members. Right, and so right. I'm having to deal with all three of those. And then my wife is playing uh, the shark. Um, <laughs> and so uh, that was not great because I was trying to wrap my head around like rule sets for like three different characters yeah. and like trying to plan and strategize. But it, it worked out fine. I will say it was like it was like really enjoyable. Um, like the way the shark works is that uh, you basically the crew is trying to set down different things on the map, like barrels, uh, uh, different radars. They like give you some sense of where the shark is. But the shark, it, like its main power is that it, it constantly can move around very fast on the map. So all you're trying to do is like give yourself little markers along like the 16 different s- spots that you can move to. 
and get some sense of where it is so that hopefully you can then like choose your move where, so you can set barrels down that tell you, the chart has to tell you, like for example, um, was I near it? Did you put it down where I am or am I nowhere near it? Without mm. getting into how the power is right, actually right, right. In, like lead up to that scenario. Um, so you're just basically trying to like work through, a, the crew is trying to work through a fog of war and then hopefully you get to then say at one point, boom, we're gonna throw down like one of these barrels and if you're on the space when it happens, it's like a hit. And so you're trying to piece together all this information that it, was not as fun when I was controlling the three different crew members with different strengths and weaknesses. But boy, it could have been fun where like three different people yeah. are like have three different agendas of what they want to do and have to try and strategize. So, so for example, uh, Chief Brody being the sheriff, he can't do very much to act like uh, actionable against the shark, but he can do things like close beaches, Ooh. which like prevent the shark from like uh, eating. He can. Um, grab grab barrels from the shop and drop them off at ports. Um, uh, I'm forgetting all the other characters. So not Quint. So not Quint, but the other one, um, Richard Dreyfus's character. Oh yeah, I forget uh, who he is in in Jaws. But anyway, yeah. Richard Dreyfus's character has a speedboat, and so he can move three spaces. So he can pick up uh, Hooper. You know, pick up the, the Hooper. Yes. Hooper. He, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So like he can he can like pick up the the you're all like trying to feed Quint like various items so that like he can stack those across the board. And I can imagine three people yelling at each other over like how they're going to do that. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like a really fun dynamic. Instead, it was me like talking slowly talking <laughs> through what I wanted to do. Yeah. And my wife being like, I'm just you let me know when you're good. I'm gonna check um, my phone. And <laughs> well, yeah, that, like is, that is the dark secret of a lot of games like this. Mm-hmm. Is they're actually tougher to find a good group to play with than you think. I'm thinking of Pandemic here a little yeah. bit. These sort of cooperative, oh. collaborative games where, like, so what you're running into is you were, like, intent on figuring this thing out, and your wife was just like, nah, I'm not that invested. Like, well, she's also playing a different role, right? Squeeze. Like, it sounds like if the if the shark's role is, like, simpler, especially in that first phase, I can imagine just, like, not being that interesting. Yeah. If the rest of the table isn't moving quickly, yeah, the shark doesn't have much to. The shark doesn't have much to do. It's extremely like it's at, it has a huge power advantage, yeah. but it can play its moves extremely quickly. It's like you're like you're eating, or you're moving, or you're using a power that like yeah. enables you to do one of those a little bit better. Whereas the crew just has like a bunch of different things it can do, and like the whole dynamic is supposed to be built around like people kind of bickering with one another over like where the tension is on those. And instead it was me not bickering with myself. It was more just like taking a notebook and like slowly strategizing it. So I ended up winning the round probably because I took so long to actually think through each action, which wouldn't necessarily occur if you were playing with like a bunch of people with beers and like someone's like, nah, fuck it. Like I'm going over here and I'm going to do this. No, Um, someone's always going to be convinced that they have the winning move in mind. (laughs) Right. And like, are just like, for them, the game is make these other fools go along with my idea. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. And like that, that's, and that's clearly what the game is supposed to be is like somebody be like, no, I got this. And then, Shark uses power move that allows it to eat an entire beast and it just like ranked up. So like, like the crew is so clear. The crew is supposed to lose round one. Like mm-hmm. the deck is so stacked against them. But if you if you do actually use all your moves in the way that I did, you can kind of like box out the shark. Like if you're really thinking through it, but you're just not supposed to do that. Or that's not sort of the dynamic that's like supposed to play out. Is the idea? And I just didn't get to experience that because it was me. Is the idea that you would 
did the steps you take against the shark in phase one lead you to be in a more powerful position in phase two as the crew? Or is it like, is, is phase two always going to be the same no matter what? Do you know what I mean? Like, could you like. Oh, yeah. If you went, if you, if you, if you attach to, uh, if you manage to find, be on the tile where the shark is and attach a barrel to it. So like if you put a barrel gotcha. in the water, all that happens is the shark at the end of its turn has to say, I at one point passed through this barrel. Oh, that's it does cool. not attach them. They just have to let you know, like, I was in this vicinity. I was in this square at some point during my turn. And so the more of those you have on there, the more you can sort of think through, okay, the shark can move. It already used its power move, which means it can't move six six slots. It could only have moved three slots. So at some point, you can kind of, like, start figuring out, like, what the range of possibilities are if you can get enough of those barrels down and then go – Okay, we're gonna th- we're gonna throw one down on this square, and if you do it on that square, it tags. Um, and so you do it twice, then you win. And then I don't know what the advantages are. You probably get more resources or something um, to 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 the fa- that effect. Um, but it was easy to see how because the characters can do such different things it, that you could just start yelling at each other in like a really fun fun way that like <laughs> reflects again like the like even just the narrative dynamic of like the movie itself and the competing yeah. interests of yeah. the, the characters. So it, it, see, it was a lot of fun. Like the moment we finished it, uh, Jessica woke up and it was like, ah, shit, I wish we could have done a second round. We're like, now we know what we're doing. And yeah. I also have like enough of a hold of it that I could explain to someone else, like, here's just your role. We'll talk through it. Like, don't worry about the rest of the board that much. Um, they're like, I'm excited to hopefully not have anyone come over and play it. If I'm being like perfectly real about uh-huh. like the possibilities <laughs> of the future. But, <laughs> Like it gave me like it, it it was satisfying in that even though I don't know if I'll ever make it to act two <laughs> of that game, uh, it was like a cool to like get a glimpse into like what y'all talk about all uh-huh. the time in the games that that you play. Board games um, are great, even if I don't get yeah. as many. Yeah, they're cool. They do they they just do make you think so in a different way. Different that, things. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I I like badly wish I had a regular board game crew because when I think about like some of my favorite board games, there's a type of there is a a type of thinking and play and again totally like the sort of social element of it. Rob, you're talking about Pandemic. Like Pandemic is a very popular game. Uh, uh, people should look up Pandemic. Um, uh, but that that core idea of just like I have a strategy to make this fucking work. I'm trying to drag you with me because I believe in my and I can see it. Fucking trust me. If you use your ability to fly over here and give me the thing I need, we can stop this. And then seeing that work or not work is so fun and is so distinct from what I do mostly in video games. You know, like mo- very few. The the I don't want to like say that the palette of video games is is small. I think the palette for video games is very big, but the popular palette, the like everyone loads up the same fucking set of things inside of especially AAA games, but even inside of the world of indie games, the 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 world is is much smaller popular indie games the world is much smaller in in terms of like what that uh, ways of of expressing yourself through play are compared to where board games are and like of course there there's a big difference there like it is very we could design a board game today if we wanted to it wouldn't be good we would we'd have, we'd have made it in a day <laughs> right, it could be it could, all right it could be interesting uh <laughs> and not to say we couldn't make a game for all of us were like all right drop everything we're making a video game right, right now but like we could come up with something that felt novel or interesting uh, in the board game space and immediately prototype it, immediately start to test it. Uh, and, and that's part of why I really love the board game space. Um, we talked about a board game on this podcast for real. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, we should talk about like, I like that we were like, all right, it's super it's video game season, baby. Time to talk about brand new video <laughs> games like Jaws of the Board Game. 
but no, we should talk about some other stuff. We should hit some other some other bigger releases that have hit this week. Uh, actually, no, we shouldn't. We should use the opposite way. Yeah. Kato, tell me about the Genesis Mini. Sure. <laughs> Let's stay Great. in this weird space of novel <laughs> neat things we have. Yeah. Uh, Genesis. So, uh, I had one of these as a child. Um, you had one of these? No. You are a time traveler. Gen- yeah, Very yeah. small. I came, came okay. forward, took it back. Uh, no. Saying he had one of these is what us SNES owners referred to, Kyle. Uh, oh, you've got one of these. One of these. You know, it's weird. It's weird being in that position of... I wanted a SNES. My parents got me a Genesis because they don't yeah. understand what things are. And I was small enough that I wasn't... I was not the You're going to like, go return this and get me the good one. I was, yeah, I was not. No, not I do I like Altered Beast. It's a great pack-in game, just like Super Mario World. No, this, this is the other thing, is that it was so late. Rise from my grave to play this game. <laughs> Here's I the like thing, is that it was, it, was a late, it was late in the console's lifespan. Okay, so you had good stuff to play. I had, it came with Sonic 3 was the bundle for this specific okay. one. Okay, So okay. I was like, oh, okay. Sonic, right. I know Sonic. That seems good, right? Like... <laughs> Sonic Three is great, yeah, by yeah, the way. Yeah, sure. Sonic Three, um, but it definitely there was there's definitely still that lingering like, but that's not what I really wanted. Mm. Um, and some strangely, <laughs> I'm having the same kind of feeling with the with the Genesis Mini. Damn. Um, we have a, wow. a SNES Mini Damn. here in the office that I've like played around with a, a few times, and you would take that home. It's just sitting. In a- I know. It's just I want to take that home someday. Uh, it's. Something about the it doesn't feel good. Like the controller, first thing, controller doesn't uh-huh. feel good. Like no, the, the Genesis controller was never as good as the SNES controller. No, so. first of all, I is had it the six, six button. No, I had the six button, and I opened this thing up, and it's the three button. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh. What is happening? What is this? I didn't even know the three button existed. Oh, uh, <laughs> the buttons feel strange, and every time I hit down, it hits down twice on X. It's like it's like almost there but like not it feels like a little bit it feels like how I remember feeling (laughs) when I was comparing like after coming home from playing my cousin SNES and like being like well I got Sonic Um, Damn! Wow. This is the most depressing segment we've this ever is done. Brutal. Wow! This is this brutal. is a thing. Here's it's like a remembrance thing. of things past, but it's yeah. like yes, I have returned to <laughs> it this was, shitty reality. It of childhood. was as bad as I remember. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like not even not even like oh this takes me back. It's like oh no oh no. Twenty years later, I've returned to this moment. Um, the the thing itself of like you know. Going in, picking a game, playing it, getting in and out of those menus is actually good because you don't have to get up and press the reset button, which is a, a good thing. Uh, but, um, you know, the altered piece is on there. Yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. It's I know it's like it's important <laughs> to put it there, but it's bad. They yeah. shouldn't have put it there. Yeah, there's a there's a couple weird games on there that I'd never heard of that um, seem. Uh, interesting, and it definitely. I think this list is all right. Has, I yeah. really think this list is all right. I, yeah, I'm like comparing the SNES Classic to the Genesis Mini now, and I think it's fair to say the SNES Classic has more like 
top tier, right? Uh, you know, undisputed champions of gaming yeah. on it. I think I would rather the like true, real, like deep gamer heart in me uh-huh. would rather the Genesis Minis collection, sure, because those are just like. So I, I was, I had a Genesis, and I eventually got an SNES as a uh-huh. kid. Can you list those games really quick? Which ones I'd rather play, or just a whole list? Just, we're just with Liz. Give us some. Okay. Do you want the SNES f- f- to compare it to? Nah, just give me the just give me give me the oh, Genesis. Right. No, I know that. I, All right. I just want. Al- I don't. I forget what's actually in this. Alex yeah. Kidd in, in the Enchanted Castle. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. Uh, Alicia Dragoon, a game I've never played. Uh, I don't even know what that is, but it's, I would check. I would, it's weird. Is it? Is it weird? What's the deal with it? It's like you. You you don't aim. It's like an auto. It's like if Contra had auto aim. <laughs> what oh. a setup. Yeah. <laughs> you it's, don't it's aim. Odd. It's you don't odd. aim. It's like, it's like a 2D action What's this game? game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell you what but like literally, it, it like it like feels like the scale of it even feels like Contra. The way like the way like your character oh, is. This is cool. I love how Genesis games look. I'm just fucked <laughs> up know, like that. They're good. I, they're yeah, just, they this look fucking dope. This just like I and you know what uh, the fucking Genesis great. sound chip lady is fucking shoot electricity mwah. out her hand. She doesn't yeah, have, she doesn't aim. She doesn't aim. She aims. You don't aim. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she does it for al- you. Altered Beast. <laughs> Beyond, yeah, yeah. Altered Beast is is. I a think mess. you just have to woo every time. You do have. To oh, woo every Altered time. Beast is such a product of its time. It yeah. is like if you've never experienced Altered Beast, <laughs> I still haven't. It is just it is Wait, worth really? it for you that alone. You should play it. I'll go. I'll yeah. I still I didn't spend that much time with it yet, but like uh, a few hours I was mostly playing Sonic Beyond Oasis, which is a gorgeous close up Zelda style like top down adventure game where mm-hmm. the sprites are just gigantic. Um, uh, Castle awesome. of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse, of course. a really good platformer. Great game. Castlevania platformer. Bloodlines, great game. Not my favorite mm-hmm. Castlevania, but still a, a solid one. What a one. good one. A good one. Columns. Columns yeah. is No a Super total- Castlevania 4, but you know, what is? <laughs> <laughs> Columns, True. totally decent puzzle game. Comics Zone. Uh, yeah. Oh, I love bad. Comics yeah. Zone. Bad. Yes. Yes. It's, this is the one. I agree <laughs> that, that it may not be good, but I be- I've beaten Comic Zone sure. probably three no, dozen holy times. Shit. I can uh, never beat I'm it. With but you. I'm with you. I you love fucking that, fight game. that guy at the end. There's the rocket ship. It's a whole thing. Were you Jumping saying? between panels was dope as shit. It was dope as shit. Yeah. And it had a certain like oof to all the punches and kicks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like there was like a. No, I'm with you. I don't think it was a, a well made. I mean, I think it was a well made game. I yeah. changed my mind. I think it was a well made game. I don't know that it was a good game. Yeah. But I felt I liked it. I liked it. Uh, that guy said, oh, yeah, at the end of every level, <laughs> every which level. was cool. Um, and he said he said a different thing that I that's like a complete stuck in the back of my brain thing, but I don't remember what it is now. Um, anyway, we'll move on. I'm sure it'll come, come to me <laughs> later. Uh, Contra Hardcore, incredible game. Yeah, Very difficult. Uh, uh, Darius or Darius, the, the shoot 'em up uh, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean mean Machine, machine. Oh, yeah. a.k.a. Puyo Puyo, yes. fantastic puzzle game. Yes. Uh, Dynamite mm-hmm. Hetty, I never played it. It's another 2D Good, platformer. Great, oh, great uh, great uh, platform for Treasure back when they were at like the top of their game. Oh, Treasure. Okay, treasure, sure. Treasure, yeah, treasure. totally. Yeah. Earthworm Jim, uh, another action platformer that I definitely played a lot of as a kid. Enjoyed that at the time. Fuck that guy, though. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Echo the motherfucking dolphin. Echo. I'll just jump around in that first level. I know eventually I there's an alien. Echo, yeah, Echo was like, I loved exploring. And then when it came to like actually playing the game, it was like, I'm good. I'm good. Like, I just wanted yeah. to jump around. Yeah. But then when I had to avoid like electricity barriers in the yeah. water, I was like, <laughs> I'm okay. Uh, I, I, I was almost said recently, but like eight years ago, played through that whole game for a podcast. Uh, and that game gets weird. 
You go on an alien mothership, there's a big like, <laughs> yep. alien at the end. It's wild. Eternal mm-hmm. Champions, uh, a bad fighting game. <laughs> a bad fighting game, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ghouls and Ghosts, a very difficult game yep. that yep. has still good. Golden Axe. Eternal Champions yeah. also, let's just, like, how many buttons does the Genesis Mini controller come with? Is oh, it, it like only one has of, the, is the six button three. one? No, it's only the three. That's what I'm because saying. Because is it, is it, so Eternal Champions specifically... You cannot. You know what's fucked up? There's certain moves unless you do weird button combinations, yeah. right? Yeah. Like yeah. it has like so fighting games. You know, have like high punch, high you know high kick, yeah. uh, high kick, low kick, uh, and Eternal Champions. If I remember correctly, like one of the big controversies in the game was like they put out like a six button controller. It was like around that period, which is like let you access the full range of moves. But if you had the three button, or you were just kind of fucked, or it was you like really to hard hit to the do. Start button to switch between punches and kicks. <laughs> what? <laughs> Golden Genesis Max. don't do Look, fighting the pre, games. Apparently. No. The pre dual shoulder buttons uh, era was wild. Yeah. Yeah. Wild time. Uh, I said ghouls and ghosts already. Golden Axe, uh, all right, fighting game. Gunstar Heroes, a fantastic oh, game. More also treasure. treasure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Kid Chameleon. Uh, I don't have any affinity for Kid Chameleon except that a good yeah. friend of mine used to use Kid Chameleon as his avatar online. Oh, good. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's another 2D platformer, right? Yeah, I think so. That yeah. sounds right. Landstalker, another Zelda-esque uh, action adventure game, I, I believe. Am I misremembering Landstalker? Do people know Landstalker? No, I think you're right. Okay. That's how I uh, think. Like isome- night, right? Isometric. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, Light Crusader, I've never heard of in my life. Light I don't know. It's another treasure game. Oh, shit. Wait, is this, this might be the one that I played that was weird. I didn't, I'd never. Didn't... It's a treasure game, and it's also... They, they, the wiki says similar to Landstalker. It's another isometric game? It's another isometric game. Yeah. There was a lot, of, like, people have to remember with the Genesis, like, if you're not familiar with, like, it's, like, broader library, that there was, like, there's a constant, like, Genesis didn't have Zelda, right? But there were right. lots of, like, Zelda-adjacent mm-hmm. games that were, like, inspired by or, like, tr- trying to claim, like, this is Zelda for the Genesis. Like, and so I think... What I would always hear from uh, friends that like grew up on the Genesis was like they would just claim like different ones of those. Like that yeah. was like the one that was like, oh, this is and the, like these were like genuinely like decent games. Like what was the one you mentioned before earlier up that we were talking about? That Beyond Oasis. Beyond Oasis. Right. Totally like, people decent fucking game. Lo- like legitimately yeah. love that game and was like that is what I always heard is like, hey, if you want Zelda on the Genesis, like this is like the closest you're gonna. Get I, like, more I, I guess. Beyond Oasis genuinely looked like nothing else I'd seen as a mm-hmm. on a video game screen before. It was like so bright and colorful. The character was so detailed. The animations were so like crisp and and not real. But anyway, uh, there's more to go on this thing. Yeah, uh, there's like a lot on this. There's a lot. Um, uh, Mega Man: The Wily Wars, which is the first three Mega Man games, but on oh, Genesis, oh, gotcha. um, which just kind of has a Genesis sheen over it. You know what I mean? It's like the outlines are a little crisper. Mm-hmm, right. Uh, Monster World 4, which, again, I never played. I never played it's like those a games. side-scrolling. Uh, They're big in sword. Europe, right? The Monster <laughs> World games. I have a friend yeah, who's Yeah, it's, like it's in the same lineage of, like, Kid Chameleon and yeah, Alex yeah, Kid. Yeah. Like, they, these gotcha. were all, like, uh, again, like, the Genesis in response to, the, like, the SNES was, like, in, it, like, they, rather than, like, pure platformers which i guess sonic mostly mm-hmm. so, like took the uh the, the mantle for like there was also just like a lot of like really like action-oriented platformers right. on the genesis totally. that the was existed on the snes was like much more prevalent on on the genesis i definitely think you're right that it was like a 
a heavy uh, European thing from what I understand. I do wonder if my Genesis affinity is part of my lack of affinity towards traditional platformers. Hmm. I'm just like, I spent so much time with the Genesis. So yeah. many Genesis games had that aesthetic. I can see that. That I just never developed that same, yeah. that same deep affinity for just like, here's a character platformer. Sure. Uh, Fantasy Star 4, which is not the one that I would have put on there. I would probably would have gone with 2. Um, but but I know people love four. Uh, Road Rash two, which is the Road Rash mm. I would put on this game. I played a lot of Road Rash two. <laughs> Let me tell you, you can get that change. It's a whack. Uh, Shining Force, a great tactical sure, RPG. Yeah. Uh, Shinobi three, Return of the Ninja Master, also a fantastic. Honestly, Shinobi two and Shinobi three should both be on this game uh, or both be on this thing. Sonic Spinball. Yeah. Oh boy. Sonic the Hedgehog. Great. Sonic great the Hedgehog game. two. You're saying Sonic Spinball is a great game? Yeah. Or? Yeah, only Sonic Spinball. I respect Sonic. We <laughs> Yo, all went over what? this before. <laughs> so is this? We already your... had this conversation. Yeah, we I did. don't. We did. I'm not going to do it again. We've already done. No it. Sonic. I'm not reading on Sonic. No Sonic. I don't like. I'm they make sad about games. that. They should release. Yeah. a Sonic and Knuckles add-on that secretly also has Sonic Three in it. That you plug in the you know, top. The, like the, the little the top, tiny animation. Does it open? It opens. What goes in there? Nah, nothing. Yet. Yet. <laughs> Sonic and Knuckles yes. add-on for for oh the holiday God. season. You put it in there. There's only 30 games on there, but you put it in. Yeah. That'd be if great. it's Blockbuster, they won't. They will rent you Sonic and Knuckles, but they only want you to play the Sonic and Knuckles game. They don't want you to put stuff in that cartridge. Don't put other so stuff put a in there. Plastic thing on it, and yep. so you go up to your uh, your friend who rented Sonic and Knuckles, and you go into the kitchen and you take a knife and you bust the <laughs> shit off that lock, <laughs> yep. right. and you put on that Sonic One because why the fuck did we rent this if not to glitch out Sonic One and have Knuckles, Knuckles climbing on things? That was cool as hell. Was cool yes, as hell. it was. Space Harrier Two. Uh, that game, Space Harrier, has good music. That's what I'll say. Street Fighter II Special Champion Edition. Oh. But again, you have a three-button <laughs> three controller. controller. <laughs> which I don't know. Uh, I don't know what With you a would... bad D-pad, like, too. Why, just, yeah, it's why not, put, not good. Why put fighting games on this thing? Or at least give you the six button. Yeah. Like, it should have the six button. I don't know why they didn't go for the six button. Streets of Rage 2. Yeah. One of my top 10 games of all with time. With the dancing ladies. With the dance, the jazz ladies. The, the ja dancing Sorry, ladies, the please, jazz ladies. You, I call them jazz ladies. <laughs> yes. I, when I was very young, there are these ladies who have like capes on and high heel, like not just high heel shoes, high heel boots. Oh, uh, jazz and, lady boots. Uh, yeah. And fishnet stockings. And they're very, very, very clearly trying to do a dominatrix thing. Yes. But when I was 12, I was like, those are jazz ladies. Because the first <laughs> yeah. time you fight them, you fight them in a jazz club. I was like, oh yeah, a jazz lady. A jazz they have electric whips. It's a whole thing. Street, uh, uh, Streets of Rage 2, all-time favorite. Wonderful. Strider. Genesis Strider, a good version of Strider. Yep. Not maybe as good as the, uh, the arcade version. The NES version has its own thing going on. Super Fantasy Zone, which, is that the... It's a platformer. Is that a, is that a platformer? It's like a really colorful platformer, okay. if is I remember correctly. The little, like, there's like a character from that that goes everywhere. Opa Opa. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um... Tetris, okay. which this is not the platform I played Tetris no. on, but I put Tetris on everything. everything. So Thunder Force 3, another shooter, uh, Toe Jam and Earl, <laughs> Vector Man. Vector, Vector Man. Man! I recently played a lot of Vector Man. Yeah. Yeah, on like a How previous. Whole, I know there's a good Vector thing. Man like uh, uh, speedrun community that I watched. He's some there. Of. Really? Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, you should watch them. They're really cool. Yeah. I played. Hey, the go first... go look. Uh huh. I was gonna say go look up. They never really like say get it for a point was like remaking all of their games for like PS2. Right. Did Vector Man did that Vector Man one actually come out? I don't think so. What? Did it? 
There's gameplay. There's unreleased gameplay. Oh shit! Oh, this looks terrible. Oh, <laughs> this looks like a third bad person 3D. bad 3D. Like a third. They're trying to do like third person Halo, but it's bad. Oh no! This looks terrible. Poor Vector Man. Mm -hmm. Vector Man, you didn't necessarily well, deserve I don't better. Know. Vector, Vector, Vector Man, yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> it's like it's about trying to save the world from from garbage. Yeah, yeah it was one right? of those '90s Genesis like yeah. environmentally like aware five of these games, games have been yeah. that. Yeah, have yeah. been. It's, we got to save the world from from, from us. pollution. Yeah, yeah it was totally. it, kind of a cool and interesting if you look back on it. Uh, the, the, the main villain in that is a cleaning robot whose head got replaced by a nuclear warhead. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Virtual <laughs> Fighter 2, Wonder Boy and Monster World. Also, mm -hmm. Virtual Fighter 2, why would you put the Genesis version of that anywhere? Uh, World it of, was bad. It's a, yeah. it's a bad mm -hmm. game. And World of Illusion, starring Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. Again, those are good platforms. I played a yeah. lot of those when I was yep. a kid. Here's what I want to say about this collection of games. I think there's part of it, The case I would put forward, uh, in, in better terms probably if I had time to massage it, is this is a more honest look at video games. <laughs> Of the <laughs> SNES classic. Right. Sure. You want right. to get together Super Mario World and like and F Zero and Super Metroid and, and Zelda. And Donkey Kong Country. And Donkey Kong Country. Like, yeah, you could do that. But if you liked and played video games, if you went to your Funko Land every other week and were like, here's three games, give me a new one. Th you were going to get the Sega Genesis Classic. That if was you your went to Babbage's and they're like, I'm just going to go through this giant dump of cartridges that are like 75% yeah. off because my mom says we can't buy it new because that shit's expensive. Yeah. What can I get? Video games is not Contra Vector 3, the Man. Alien Wars, Secret of Mana, Earthbound. Video games is Shining Force, <laughs> Shinobi 3, Return of the Ninja Master, and Sonic Spinball. That's just honesty That's true. about the experience of video games. I, I wanted to say that Shane Bettenhausen recently tweeted an old actual Genesis. Oh, Genesis does it all. Yeah. Uh, poster of which the genres are... Arcade games, which takes up, you know, sure. uh, more than a third of this poster. <laughs> then two adventure games, which are Fantasy Star, looks like Fantasy Star 2 and sort of Vermillion. Vermillion. Vermillion, I'm I sorry. I played that game for that I same podcast. Then there's sports games, which is like a whole row. Yeah. And then action games, which is a whole row. And then there's three strategy slash puzzle games. Wait, what? Why would you this, put these are the what genres? What are the three? What are the three that are in there? These are the genres. Strat Dick Tracy coming soon. Dick Tracy, Spider-Man, and Wrestling World coming soon. Uh the the strategy slash puzzle games are Zoom, Columns, and uh Herzog's Vi, which <laughs> is actually you an know? important like strategy game for the history of, of RTSs. I just love the historical value of this. If you poster. hate it, I can tell you know what? Yeah. Put it in the place of the SNES classic. Yeah. And then I'll take it. And that sure. way it's just like we've switched. We trade. We've yeah. I mean, I don't, trade. I don't hate it. It's just like it feels like physically it feels like slightly inferior. Yeah. It just doesn't feel as good. I but then had... also it was it has that same thing of like I played a quarter of these games and then like the rest of the things that I owned yeah. were those weird the weird like license shit and like so like it doesn't like a lot of it isn't hitting that because I just didn't have a super big library. Like right. I didn't get to play a ton of those games. Yeah. But I wish it had the Joe Montana sports talk football games, which I played a lot of <laughs> with my dad. Uh, the um, other game I NHL owned. NHL 94. NHL 94, FIFA, both of those. Yeah, NHL, the NHL series was fucking incredible. There was yep. like, there's a, there's a piece somewhere um, about... The ways in the way in which I want to say either ninety three or ninety four really took off, and this is true for me uh, among black kids 
Um, nice. It was like a key part of black culture was playing the NHL games for the Sega Genesis <laughs> or the SNES. They were on both, the EA ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a great piece somewhere I'll have to try to find. I think it's a Grantland piece maybe. Oh. Um, uh, but it was like very much like, yo, this one year we all got into hockey because the NHL games were so good that like people started wearing NHL, like big heavy NHL jerseys that that summer or that, not that summer, that winter i guess uh <laughs> yeah. extremely cool yeah it was great anyway sega genesis still still wish they had tiny tune adventures on there sure is uh, that the one is that the one that you're like that's the one i really love yeah, it's like because i was i grew up with four three other siblings we had to play multiplayer games a lot sure and that one that one was the one that our parents decided to get us. And yeah. it's just like a sports game with the Tiny Toon Adventures. That's great. I'm looking characters. at a list of other stuff that I wish was on here. <laughs> Mortal Kombat 2 would be the oh, one. Right. Again, of course. three buttons. Um, Honestly, the, give me the, a better feeling controller. I feel like the six button, like, I don't know, like, if this is just my memory, but it, it like, it felt different too. Like, the buttons click different. Like, they're a little squishier. Mm -hmm. But... Maybe I'm just remembering fonder times. Uh, Gunstar Heroes would be an easy. Like, there's all these treasure games. Oh wait, did I say Gunstar Heroes? Is Gunstar Heroes on there? No. Why not? Weird. That's a true classic. Yeah, it's a classic. Put that BattleTech game on here. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> and of course, put the best version of Aladdin uh, on on there because I'd love to play that. Wow. I'm just saying the I truth. Like, the best? I like Super Nintendo Aladdin. Okay. Uh huh. <laughs> I liked it a lot. No, I'm saying that Sega Genesis Aladdin is the best version of Aladdin, including the movies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, the movie's fine. Uh, but he had a cool sword. He had a cool sword. The boss fights were cool anyway. Yeah. Music, incredible. Very good. Uh, show us other stuff that's out right now, <laughs> a little bit at least, or coming yeah. soon. Let me talk about Astral Chain for a few minutes, oh, yeah. because Preview Embargo was up on that. I'll have more to say in a few weeks when I can actually talk about more of it. Like I can talk about the first two chapters in terms of story and combat. I can talk about more, but like it is so people don't remember Astral Chain is the platinum uh, joint, the platinum games joint where you play as a cop who has a it's like a cyber cop who has like a part, not a partner. Partner is way the wrong word. <laughs> who has a like a mechanical bio bio organic bio biomechanical demon like chained to you. Because uh, they've been invaded, they've been invaded by some sort of like yes. demon invading force, and then humanity's about to get wiped out. And, and so they humanity's find a way to, like, like, we're going to enslave them. them. We're going to capture them, put this yes. collar on their necks, and then you can wield them in combat. Real quick in combat, the way that works is right trigger is your attacks, left trigger is kind of the demon attack. Is your is your uh, the legion uh, attack? That they're called legions. Um, and uh, you can kind of combo in different ways. There's a couple of them. They all have different abilities. I find the fighting in this game kind of disappointing. Um, a lot of a lot of this game reminds me so much structurally and in terms of the expected time investment of near uh, automata. But I'm not having that sort of time with it. Um, you come into this. What did world, you think of Bayonetta? Um, I think Bayonetta is fine. Like I, I don't. I'm not. Mr. I know, what is? What do you? What do you mean by that? What is like? Because I consider Bayonetta. I think Bayonetta's like, action is better. like one of the greatest action games of yeah, all time. Yeah, I think Bayonetta has a has a really great fighting. Right. I think that this okay. does not. I'm have just trying to. I'm trying to figure out your baseline yeah, yeah. of like where uh, you fall on like 
platinum character, style platinum combat. style character action games. Yeah, I like platinum style character action games. I like like okay. being overwhelmed by a bunch of stuff and having a cool set of abilities to like to use and uh you know j- juggling things in the air and all that stuff. I don't think the combat in this game is that good. Um and it okay. needed to be for me to like get over the hump. It, either it needed to be or it immediately had to start doing something really cool with the story and it hasn't done that yet. I'm still very early on. I'm only a few hours in. Um the basic premise is you've joined this this squad, this like secret squad called Neuron, who works with the police in one of humanity's last cities to fight these demon invasions. Um, your dad is a member of the the Neuron Force. There's a bunch of other like hyper anime archetype uh, archetypical characters who are there. I think part of this real talk is that I've just had such a good experience with like anime melodrama from Fire Emblem mm-hmm. that my standards for anime melodrama are way up here right now. Mm-hmm. And my and because of near a few years ago. My standards for like action game storytelling is also kind of up here. This has a designer. One of the designers from Nier is on this game. Uh, uh, da, 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 game director uh, of that yeah, game. Yeah, Takahisa, Takahisa Tora, uh, Taura, who was the game designer on on Nier uh, Automata, um, uh, is is the designer here too, or direct was the director here, and then yeah. Kamiya, who is the uh, was the creator of Devil May Cry and Bayonetta, is like a direct, is like a is like a supervisor mm-hmm. on this game. Um, the world has just not been that interesting so far. The characters are all really dry and like mm-hmm. really one note so far, and like there is something hard for me to get over when it's like the way that they're depicting the capturing of these of these creatures. It is very, you know, they are destroying the world. I I think that, you know, it is not as simple as like I already have a hard time playing as a cop where I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm gonna be a fucking cop. It it's even weirder when there are like these demons who clearly do not want to be chained up being chained up and then the word police gets written on them like wearing police <laughs> as if they look like they look like police race cars like that's the degree of being <laughs> just completely All covered in, yeah. in, in iconography um and it's whatever like i'm not like i'm not gonna play this game because or i'm telling you don't play this game because you play as a cop um but but it is writing a check in a sense uh the game opens and it seems like the game understands that this is a little fucked up and my suspicion is there'll be a uh, you know an act three turn that reveals that the bad guys are actually actually da 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 and humans are actually implicated in the blah 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 but it has to get me there and it has to like it has to tell a story interesting enough or fill the game with characters that I find fascinating enough uh, or the action has to be good enough that I'm like ah oh, fuck off who cares I'm chopping shit up right now mm-hmm. I'm just having a good time and right now it's not really delivering on any of those things um I I'm I'm hopeful because I love platinum mm-hmm. I'm hopeful because I think some of the some of the like voice work in this is actually pretty good and I think some of the designs are good. I think some are way too busy. Um, something like like Bayonetta has busy designs too. Some of the angels are like really complex, but there's something so striking mm-hmm. about them that are immediately legible, like in terms of their silhouettes. And I don't, I don't really think Astral Chain has anything as singularly striking as some of the stuff from Bayonetta. Mm-hmm. Um, some stuff that I think is like cool in terms of the overall, the overarching like uh, like macro 
like structure of the game is like there's a lot of uh, customization. You can customize your character's outfit. You can customize like their hair, their eyes, their skin color. You can like make your own character. Um, and I like, you know, I unlocked a thing recently that was just like build a new color palette for your outfit. I was like, I not actually not that recently. One of the first things I found that was like an unlockable was that. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm going to spend 20 minutes like just making myself look dope. Um, and that's a kind of a, a newish thing for platinum games that I've played is like the idea of like, here's your character, make them look cool, mm. unlock different costumes, unlock different equipment, stuff like that. Um, uh, but it, it feels like it has the pacing of near in terms of um, how you kind of a go, lot of downtime, a lot of downtime. And unlike near, I don't enjoy that downtime. Like the downtime in near was like talking to NPCs, feeling mm. like I was going to miss something if I didn't talk to every little robot who was walking around, or if I didn't complete every little side quest here, I'm not as into that. Um, just because again, those characters feel really one note so far. I will say there's a kind of a cool mechanic around solving, like kind of putting together crimes or putting together, not putting together crimes, putting together like what has happened at a crime scene. You kind of walk around a crime mm -hmm. scene with the special vision, like detective vision mode on called your iris and you're kind of piecing things together, e either using your legion to like eavesdrop on people or solving like little like logic puzzles. There's like an early one around which of these three kids is telling the truth and which one is lying. Um, and like kind of putting together uh, uh, the, the what happened here when the demons came through the weird portal and fucked things up. Which way did they go? Finding trails, tracking them down. It's not an open world game, but like these these kind of level sections have that style of – or it, if it is an open world game, it hasn't opened up like that for me yet. I, I wouldn't be surprised. The way that the, the structure is set up in terms of going back to your base and then going out into the field – just communicates it feels like a bigger game than I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. I in my mind it was like gonna be like a Bayonetta Patrick uh, or a Devil mm -hmm. May Cry, which is like a pretty straightforward straight shot action game, but it feels yeah. like they want to hang more on it and the experience is gonna be much longer. Um, but again, I could be totally wrong. I come back in two weeks with a review that's just like, oh, wow, no, this is like once it picks up speed, it really goes. And if you want to replay it, then blah, blah, blah. But yeah, like I I, I really want to like this game. I may remap the controls, which might help for me. The comp, the like default is R2 is your main attack and L2 is your like Legion attack. Um, huh. And it's just like not – it just doesn't feel fluid uh, in terms mm. of like doing platinum style. Those are usually quick. modifiers. Yeah, not, exactly. Um, exactly that. It's like I want like <laughs> X – I want XY or square triangle or whatever. It's – I mean I guess it's – I'm playing it on Switch. So whatever those two buttons are <laughs> to be my main yeah, attacks. Yeah. And then yeah, hold down L2 to do da-da-da-da-da. There's some cool stuff that you can do with the Legion where you are literally connected to this cool demon by a chain. And you can use that chain to like wrap up enemies. And if mm. you like do a full loop, it like – uh, it will chain them in place to let you either wail on them and uh, hit their weak points or focus on other other enemies. Um, there's a really cool ability where sometimes something will charge at you and if you can kind of catch it in that chain, you'll fling it back, you'll fling it away. <laughs> that feels really good. Um, I, I think that there are parts of the combat system that work for me, but by and large, like it's just like, and I don't think Nier had the best combat, you know, that Platinum has done by any, by any stretch. But, uh, but I I think that this doesn't even hold up to near, let alone something like Bayonetta or Revengeance, um, uh, which are really really strong in terms of their action component. Um, but again, there's still so much for me to unlock. There's so many more legions for me to like figure out if if they feel better. My hope is I'm still just so early that I'm not mm. like it just hasn't turned the corner yet. Um, but we'll see. Uh, so that is that is Astral Chain. That is out the end of the month, August thirtieth. Uh, mm. The full embargo for that, I think is still a couple weeks away. So uh, hopefully I'll have a review for that.
by the end of the month. Um, what else? Uh, Kyle, did you play any No Man's Sky? Yeah. Yeah, did you not? I did. You did? No Man's Sky Beyond hit Beyond. yesterday yeah. with a lot of bugs. Yeah. Uh, I crashed a lot last night, but there's a patch this morning that stabilized that game for me. That's good. How, what do you think? What do you, um, what do you, do you want to set it up a little bit? Yeah, well, did you, I had a quick question though. Did you start from an old save? I did both. Okay. I, I Same, yeah. started an old save, uh, started from an old save and back to just playing that old save, but I also went through like the first hour of the game with a new save because they said that one of the new things they're doing in this, with this game, uh, with this new update for No Man's Sky is uh, a better tutorial, a better yes. simplification of the intro, uh, much more straightforward like onboarding process, which they've done before too. Right. But I think this one feels even better in terms of getting on board the game. Yeah, that was literally one of the first like big thoughts I had about this game was just like every time they do another one of these big updates, they streamline it more in a way that like doesn't feel like it's taking out any sort of the like complexity, just like the grind. Like there would be like times in the original tutorials where you would be gathering uh, materials for like a little bit too long. Like it, yeah. it costs too much. Like... They like really balance that all out, and it feels good to like it. Like that that first opening bit, like I got up to the point where I have a, a small like one room base and uh, the yeah. teleporter to the space station, um, and all of that felt first faster than the last couple times I've had to I've, I've done it on like other big releases, and also just the the UI changes have all been like really great for making it really clear how you actually like uh it, it feels like there it, it takes less button presses just to to get to crafting and things like that yeah. like there's a lot of like really great just like moving stuff around is a lot of, is, is a lot easier moving stuff like yeah. one huge one is you can move pieces of technology you've installed yeah. on your ship or your your exosuit or whatever whereas before I think you had to destroy it and rebuild it yeah which, they were like locked in yeah once you just like there's a lot of stuff that feels like they are hand waving away old gameplay design we're like you know what just just yeah, whatever you can hold as much fucking you can hold a thousand carbon ten thousand whatever you right. fucking want to hold however <laughs> much carbon you want we're not even going to show you a bar that tells you you're almost filled up with it <laughs> key resources hold as much of that shit as you want yeah uh that's, that's not the game at this point you know what i mean like at this point the the game and kind of the big the big one of the big uh elements that they've added is multiplayer yeah. is building stuff is construction um the the new update has up to on PC up to 32 person multiplayer on PS4 it's 8 person i think uh and then mm -hmm. the hub is 16 people there's like a new hub that you can kind of summon do y'all remember if you played that game Nada and Polo the like your two buds who are in like a little orb so a little space orb you went to visit so they they built that out a bunch now it's like gigantic oh, really? it's a gigantic space station yeah. that you can summon um it's filled with new npcs who all have names and all have like personalities uh and all have like specialties they can upgrade stuff for you in different ways there's tech trees now instead of just kind of being like a bunch of tech that you happen to unlock it's clear that like oh there's a progression here right. that i can unlock new stuff and in this new bigger version of their hub other players land their ships, they walk around, they yell slurs in chat, you know, just classic, <laughs> classic stuff. <laughs> or have bad names. It was, uh, the thing that I saw was not a slur in chat, it was someone with a bad name. Uh, uh, so, you know, that's good. Um, <laughs> really what I needed in my No Man's Sky. Yeah. Uh, last night I was crashing a lot trying to get in and out of that space. Um, so I just turned off multiplayer and that stabilized it immediately. This morning with the patch, it's totally, it's been totally fine. That's good. I bet it will take a week to get to a, a good place. The big thing for me is 
I don't have VR uh, on my PC. Mm. I could try the new VR stuff that's part of this. Um, I, not the new VR stuff. It, you can just play this game in VR. Yeah. It is not like limited VR mode. You can just play No Man's Sky in VR. The it thing that every wild. message board poster thought <laughs> the game was going to definitely have four years ago. Uh, <laughs> they finally added it. Um, and yeah, I feel like doing it. I have a PS4 Pro, but I only have a launch PSVR. And I feel like I get a little sick with the PSVR pretty quickly. Mm, yeah. But maybe this weekend I'll still try to hook it up and just give it a shot. It does. This is the first thing I've, that's made me wish I had a Vive or what's the new an index? Um, just to see yep, how it right. feels. It looks good. Like the, all the video I've seen looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, my actual favorite, one of my favorite things about the update was a thing that is a knock-on effect from them adding VR, which is um, people always ask, why can't you just put VR into something? And the answer is, because game scale is wrong for VR. Yeah. Um, if you go and play like Skyrim VR, one of the funniest things is just like that mountain looks like a hill. That mountain is not that <laughs> big. Uh, and all the default assets in No Man's Sky are small compared to what they need to be. So like spaceships would not have been compatible with VR. You'd be like, that's a tiny little matchbox like spaceship. Mm -hmm. So they just made the scale of everything bigger. Yeah. Uh, all the spaceships are like sizable now in a way that's like kind of impressive to see them. Right. Um, and also I think some of the planets changed because my current base got put underground. Oh no. <laughs> I had to dig it out. It got, <laughs> like the it, mountain, it, it was on the sound. Better. It was like, yeah. It got sunk in. Yeah. Like the mountain <laughs> that it was on grew oh, in no. such a way Good. that, it fucked me up. So I had to, I like removed that base and I'm going to go to a new place. You didn't just build it out underground? No, I thought about it, but. Now you're evil. I, yeah, I guess I could go back there and do that. It was a really cool base. It was the one that, it was the one I think I've shown on the stream yeah. before, like the mountain with all the wood, like pointing out over yeah, the, the sunset nice. area. But I'm on a, a snow planet now. I'm kind of building a nice little log cabin type zone. It looks good. That's extremely good. Danielle, you're leaving. I got I to go, go unionize. I got to go unionize. You go unionize. You guys I, have a good day. <laughs> totally. I don't have much more to say about No Man's Sky beyond anyway. Uh, we're, we are uh, – put some more time to it this weekend. I'll yeah. play some more with people. There's new like big multiplayer quests I'm curious about. Interesting. Did you have anything else that was like worth bringing up regarding No Man's Sky, Kato? No, I still think that the flying with a mouse feels weird. Yeah, I never got – I bet. I, I got to just You can just plug, plug a in a controller. I'm, I'm using yeah, a PS4 gonna, controller now. Oh, uh, happy to report – they you could still punch 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 fly. jump punch fly jump punch fly jump yeah the, some of the so jumping is good. weird sometimes I I'm getting like stuck and jump like it's huh. there's like a weird it feels like they changed their movement somehow to where I don't have sometimes I lose control of my character and I'm like hmm. being like stuck and then like popping it's like there's a popping effect uh, it's weird I haven't had that but um, I've been mostly playing from a new save yeah. I don't know if, the 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 moments I did hop into my old save. Uh, it feels like some of the quests I was on are a little broken. Just mm. like things, like no, seeing how the new tutorial and like the new like right. quest pop ups work in the beginning, then hopping into a new game and then like not having it pop up the same way. Like nothing seems to be really like directing me as much. It's like, yeah. wait, what was I doing again? It's been a while. Uh, there aren't good reminders no. right now, but um, it's a, such a weird game to hop back into. It very much feels like. This is a thing you jump into and start a new save if you haven't played for a while. Yeah. Or 
you're someone who's already who's been playing the whole time. You've already completed like the main story stuff, right. and so you're here to check out bases and build bases and right. fuck around with other players. Um, there is like a, a as part of the new like social hub, you can quickly travel to other people's bases. Anyone nice. else? Anyone else in your hub? The, uh, you can just see where their base is. So like today, I had this moment where um, I had a quest that was like take a photo of a radioactive world. Mm-hmm. So I just went to the hub and like hung out until someone had a base on a radioactive world. Nice. And like I teleported to it and I will say it gave me the feeling that I got the first time I landed on like a cool different planet. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it was like the, the person's base was set up to the portals inside and – Everything was just like blasted with this like terrible orange light that made <laughs> everything feel so oppressive. And I climbed a ladder from where the portal was to like see this observation deck and look all around. And just seeing everything was like devastated by radiation was like really still yeah. cool and compelling. And I had a moment uh, the other day where I'm this might be a scale thing or just a, they've slowly improved the planet generation over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, where I just was like climbing a small hill on this kind of savanna planet and seeing the world in front of me and seeing the, the distance and seeing again, it feels like mountains are bigger now. Seeing yeah, some mountains sure. off in the distance. I like got choked up a little bit with this moment of just like, wow, wow, this is beautiful. Yeah. Um, and so like that, that stuff is still, is still there. And, and I'm very excited to have an excuse to revisit it. Uh, I'm gonna try to write a little bit about it this week. Uh, once I put a little more time into it, um, really got to see if that multiplayer stuff means anything for me, but right. the quality of life stuff definitely does. Yes. And it absolutely uh, feels like if you been curious about it it's a very good time to hop in like it's been streamlined and tutorialized very well now where it'll get you up and running much faster and much smoother absolutely um oh god there's a lot there was there was a lot there yeah how did you briefly want to talk about destiny before we wrap up sure sure <laughs> i'm just asking um yeah so they did a quick stream they're gonna do a couple of the uh streams as they head into uh what is now an October release uh Destiny Shadow Keep the big fall expansion that's their first away from Activision so they're making some big changes <laughs> um first of which is they're bringing numbers back to Destiny like actual numbers that mean things which is fucking great they had taken out these stats in destiny 2 which was wild to me when i started playing destiny 2 that controlled your the cooldown of your all your abilities your grenade your melee and your super right um before you could make builds around you know i just want to have my super up all the time i'm gonna do a ton of super damage so just keep keep that building right and um and like there were and because in destiny 1 you could pick the the what perks you want for your subclass mm-hmm. you could make builds very specific to like okay this will help me regenerate even faster i've got it super short it'll be up all the time things like that uh in destiny 2 they they took a, a lot of that out uh s- subclasses are now just individual nodes that come like a, a prepackaged uh, set of perks um and they also took out the ability to kind of like build around those stats uh those stats didn't exist anymore there are three other stats that uh came into play that right, had to right, do right. with your uh basically it's just like uh hp your, your armor your uh move speed and uh how quickly you start recovering hp after you get hit um what they're doing now in in, in the new fall uh drop is adding back in those old stats. Okay. And also surfacing what it all does. Okay. Because even in Destiny 1, it was like, you have 
12 discipline. Right. And that just means your super comes back real fast. Is that not true? Was there also other stuff those stats were doing? No, no, no. It's not. It It, it, it is true, but like it doesn't, it never said like, hey, uh, your cooldown is like a minute. So you know what you can, you know what's happening, like what the difference is between, you know, discipline one and discipline 10. It's like, oh yeah, it feels faster, but I can't like, how much am I really getting out of these last few points and things like that about around like, you know, the want to be able to min max and and build something that feels specific. Yeah. Um, So every piece of armor now comes with base stats in all all of those with just like a clear number that says what it is all of the descriptions of them have exactly the per, like percentage of like how much cooldown reduction you're getting like just like you know making all those mechanics that were like totally hidden and like it like would make for interesting well, before like you couldn't you could barely you couldn't move them a lot with the, the mods you were getting really mm-hmm. even like it was like you would get certain armor that would be heavier, so you would get more resilience. But now it's every piece of armor has a point by system, basically. Gotcha. It has its own base stats, but then on top of that, there's like a, a few slots, and uh, you get new armor mods that are more specialized that allow you to build out a character uh, much more specifically than in even in Destiny One. This sounds like a existed. lot more like an RPG then. Like yes. if you're if what you're doing is building. Like, because yeah, it was thing, I was thinking like Destiny One; those stats existed, but they were like just tied to either piece of armor or whatever. Yeah. But I was not choosing in that same way to, no. to build stuff out, right? And like, uh, it's basically bringing back some of the choice that you had in like perks and stuff mm. uh, in your subclass. Instead, right. that's just all on the armor side. Okay. So you have your like set subclasses, and then you what what you want to do is you want to build around them to synergize as well as you can, right? Um, that all seems like much more, uh, first of all, doable for the first time in Destiny 2. And then also it doesn't feel like too much at once. Like it's not too big of a jump from where they currently are, where like people will be lost, you know, like, yeah. uh, it's not a, a level of, com- it's like a level of complexity that, that adds interest and not like, whoa, this is this is a different game, right? You know, right? Um, well, and I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Curious. I'm excited to dive, to dive back into that game now that there's now that I can bring my PC or my PS4 stuff over to PC. Oh yeah, uh, which that's will be gonna be great too. Just a, about a month away, right? Or no, yeah. it got delayed. It got delayed. Did did August? Uh, uh October. Sorry, October. Um, but save cross save stuff. You should look at that. I linked the thing in our Discord. Okay. There's like a date you have to like sign up for the cross save stuff. That oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. They cool, cool. they've been tweeting about it, but it's not getting around as much. I feel like so I'm telling everyone I know. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah, it looks like it becomes available. Uh, August twenty first. Right. So that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, well, uh, before we wrap up, I have one question that we all have to hit. I have an answer for it already. Really, Corey writes in. It says, Garrick Mock Monastery is home to a very large number of stray cats. Who is feeding the cats? I have an answer, but... I do, too. What's your answer? I mean, to do. You think to do is feeding the cats? He likes to cook already? He does like to cook. Take those you don't think Marianne? You don't think Marianne, who loves animals? That's not my answer, by the way. I'm just saying. Yeah, to do. To do could be feeding the cats. 
Rob, do you know who's feeding the cats? There's a lot. I wish you could pet them. Yeah. You can make that dog I was bark. really disappointed, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a dog that like, shows the up cat's in the same belly place. Flop. The cats do belly like flop. You walk up to a cat, yeah. it'll like look at you yeah. and then roll over and show its tummy, and you can't do anything. That's it. And it's like, but, but it's no, wants I gotta attention. Rub that. I gotta Damn rub it. that belly. Yeah. <laughs> We're in the window where yeah. this cat wants attention. <laughs> this cat is honoring you. Yeah. This cat is giving you an invitation that please. Like, you do not reject this. You don't. Maybe it's gonna grab you and then try to kick with its hind legs. Yeah. I mean, but that's playing. You know, yeah. or it'll just leave. Like you'll start to reach toward it, and they'll be like, "Nope, <laughs> no, got you." Yeah, maybe that's the thing. Just Byleth, wanted to know you were cool. Byleth uh, knows already. Byleth, you're just gonna fucking walk away from me, you fucking cat. I know you. The answer, my answer is, I feed those cats. <laughs> uh, say hello to each and every one. Each and every cat. <laughs> I'd leave a little bit of food. You know, I got all this shit in my in my pockets anyway. There's a lot of them too. There's a lot of them. It's great. I love it. What a great little feature. Cats. Manuela Cats. seems like she'd feed a lot of strays. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Like that she would like leave food out and like generally have like. Yeah. Not necessarily like have a cat that is hers, but no. like there's a lot of ferals and strays that she's friends with. Yes, totally. She knows them all by name. She's named them all. Um, you know, she's she's a caregiver, you know. Um, God, a few questions like about cats and monasteries, please write those into gamingadvice.com. <laughs> we'll be back next week with more. Uh, who knows? I don't even know what's coming out next week, but my guess is we'll be surprised again and wind up having a lot to talk about. Follow me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. <coughs> We're all sneeze, I guess. Uh, follow Kato over on Twitter at a underscore. <laughs> yeah, you got it right. That's A underscore what? A underscore Kato underscore appears. Because you said the ad threw me off. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Patrick. <laughs> uh, at Patrick Lubbock. And Rob Zachney. At Rob Zachney. Patrick, where can people find you if they want to see you work out shell theories? Uh, it's, uh, it's, yeah, twitch.tv slash Patrick Lubbock. You can. Oh, I should mention. Yeah, uh, you should. Because I'm going to do this the next week. It's or very so. cute and good. Um. Yeah, so um, one of the things I wanted to do a stream for was that the the algorithm tends to uh, – I have lots of problems with Nintendo's algorithm, but like <laughs> far and away one of the things I would hear about constantly um, while streaming Mario Maker 1 and reporting on that was like parents were so constantly frustrated. Like their kids would make levels that they thought were decent, but like they would get no play. They would get they would get floated, and so these kids would spend hours building these levels. They weren't trolls, but they were just like – a level made by a seven-year-old, right. which is a certain kind of level. And there was just no way for those to get surfaced. There's no way, like, I would love if, like, there was a section that's, like, levels made by kids or something like that. It was, like, that people could go play just to have them uh, checked out. But there's nothing like that, and Nintendo will ever do anything like that. So I put out this call, and I've since been in contact with a, a lot of parents, but I'll put it out here, too, if folks want to get in touch, because at this point it's going to end up being multiple streams. But if you have a kid that's made a level in Mario Maker and you'd like them to have their level played, like, on stream, and I will, I'm, during the stream, I'm going to encourage people to go in there, leave comments, leave likes, um, like, leave feedback about the stage. Um, shoot me a DM um, if you're comfortable. Uh, I'm having a, a bunch of folks make, like, little videos where the, the kids introduce themselves, their maker ID, and what the inspiration was for the level. The videos so far have been absolutely adorable, but that's not a requirement, so if you don't feel comfortable, like, 
exposing your kid in that way. Just let me know what you're comfortable with and we can go from there. But um, yeah, my DMs are open and it's patrick.clubicadvice.com. But hit me up because we're going to uh, do uh, probably that sometime next week. And uh, watching seven-year-olds explain why they made Mario Maker levels is is melting my heart. So if you'd like <laughs> to be a part of it um, or know someone that'd like to be a part of it, just just reach out. And you can find that at twitch.tv slash Patrick Klepik. You can find everything we do, twitter.com slash waypoint, waypoint.vice.com. Uh, is there another place that we are? I think that's it. YouTube.com slash waypoint. Not so much there these days. For all this, for all our YouTube videos. For all of our YouTube videos. <laughs> the, I swear the safe point. Pods are coming. Are they? <laughs> they are. What's going and on? Not even all, and not even all of our YouTube videos. Don't even say all, because that's not true. No. That's, that's a false statement. <laughs> false statement. Save point pods. Save point we'll pods. We'll be up sometime by the end of the summer. <laughs> really? The end of the summer? That's not too far out. All right. <laughs> it's well, very close. Madden very close. already happened. So that's already like the end of the summer <laughs> in some places. Right. So sure. We'll be back next week. Thank you to Bowen for the track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that. Waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. I need something to throw me here. Danielle left already. Kato, give me something. What's on your mind? Top ahead right now. Ready? Three, two, one, go. I want some nachos. Peace. You know what? Peace. <laughs> I want some nachos. Peace. You, you said yeah, Madden. No. I went, what? Oh, Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Okay. Super Bowl food. Nachos. Bowl food. Not really no. a Super Bowl food, but that one came uh, to mind first. Nachos are sort of a Super Bowl food. I go, I go, uh, what's it called? Uh, you know, wings, obviously. Wings are a better Super Bowl food. Uh, we can't do this. We can skin, do top uh, 10 Super Bowl They're potatoes. all there. That's the thing. Potato like, skins. Super Bowl food is the wings are there with the nachos. You're right. And That's like, the meal. It's a coming together uh, of kale the chips. Kale chips? I what? At the Super Bowl? I went kale to, chips? I went, kale to chips. Uh, I went to a fine arts college. You sure did. We always had kale chips. I'm and down. they were good. I bet they're good. Kale yeah. chips are good. I bet they're good. Kale chips are yeah, but you good. you know what? If you bring the kale chips, if that's the only thing you no, bring, no one can just bring. You can bring it as a no. compliment. Like, Honestly, hey, I brought some of this. Yeah. Kale also, chips are so easy. Kale if kale you're the host, also. Right. you're the host, you gotta make the kale sure. chips. Because there's just that's like, fine. you toss them in the that's oven for like, oven. whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. Sure. So like, but no, people are bringing... They're bringing, you know, potato, potato skins. skins. See that? Fucking hell Linked yeah. Up. Hell yeah. <laughs> we'll be back next week with more potato skins and kale chips. Your number one source for all the best Super Bowl snack foods right here at Waypoint. Peace. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I don't know why I did like 
the uh, <laughs> stick around. Stick around, and we'll be right, right back. back. Yeah. I, I was, I was, Austin's <laughs> gonna spin the game yeah. wheel. No, I was explicitly doing. Uh, Rob will appreciate this. The sports night. Uh, Casey and Dan stick around is where my my mind was going, and I tried to veer it away so I didn't just do that, and then I yelled instead. So that's <laughs> good. Oh, sorry. Let me airplane. Yes, please. Let me airplane. Is that like planking, but without your arms? Mm-hmm. <laughs> With your arms out, arms you mean. Out. Yeah, well, like you have to be a plane. Planking is this. Yeah. Airplaning would be. Well, I was thinking other planking where you're on your like. Oh, when you're on your arms like this. Yeah. Like yes. Oh, uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Do plank like this? Like this? Uh, <laughs> plank orientations. <laughs> All right. Has Bernie streamed yet? What? <laughs> um, They've done stuff on that channel. Yeah. Oop, did we lose Patrick? Patrick. We did. He, he couldn't deal with the Bernie stream chat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you fine. Can yeah. hear you, can't see can't you. Can't see you. Yeah, yeah, hold on. Okay, no problem. Streamed on Tuesday. I rewired and cleaned all the stuff under my desk and so uh, okay. cables in different spots and wrestling. Okay. Uh, you want to do, you, you, are you, Rob and Patrick both ready? Mm -hmm. Yep. All right, let's do 10. All right. Epic Store's got cloud saves. Yeah, uh, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. For select games. Rebel, don't be, don't get yeah. too excited. Yeah, don't get yeah. too excited. But, there, but Rebel, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw had it, which was nice because I wanted to show Emmanuel the game last week and was able to just like boot nice. up my save. So that was cool. Vicky really wants that game after hearing you talk about it. It's not good. No? Oh. I it just, you're like, if you want like five hours with it, like there's just not enough there for yeah. me. Anyway, we don't need to get it. That's all right. Uh, ready to go. Yes. 